tonight on a very special episode of Libations for Everyone. Perfect. <laughs> What's happening, everybody out there? Uh, thank you for dialing in on this very, very special Valentine's Day episode of Libations for Everyone. I am one of the co-hosts, uh, Ben Quam, sitting an appropriate, uh, say a first down away from my good friend, Mr. Charles Wad. Yep. Sports ball. Yeah, if this was a first down, shit, I would have been an all-star. Well, for little kids. We have a, we have a, uh, we have a friend who uh, runs routes with his son up here uh, at the P&A Hall, and I feel like this is about a first down for yeah, him. Or, or six yards apart, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Charles, how you been, man? Fantastic. Uh, aside from this biting cold, uh, I feel like uh, I've been excited about this episode for a little while. We, yeah, we, we came up with this idea. Actually, it was your idea. When we recorded our first episode... Quam was like, we should do a Valentine's edition with our significant <laughs> others. And that seemed like a lifetime ago. But Isn't that it's, weird? It's COVID time, so everything feels like it just happened, and it happened forever ago. Ugh. <laughs> so to, uh, to help keep us warm, we're going to be sipping a couple things. Uh, or actually, a few things. More than a couple. Many things. Uh, one of the things that I brought... Uh, I wanted to bring you because I thought this would be kind of fun. Uh, future uh, friend of the podcast and future guest, Melly Mrozak, gave us, uh, uh, my wife and I, a uh, charred barrel. And uh, my good friend Drew Guthrie and I came up with a, a part bourbon, part rye whiskey mix that we really liked. And then we aged it for a couple months in a barrel. And this is the product. This is a Fira Fedra whiskey, which is uh, Norwegian for the forefathers. Uh, and it's kind of a fun, sweet, but also slightly spicy uh, aged whiskey. I have sampled your wares. You mm. gave me a bottle of this, and it is really tasty. It's just, got a lot of vanilla notes. Very. I remember I messaged you that when I first tried it. I was like, ooh, I love the, the vanilla characteristics in this. That's uh, benchmark number nine comes through with a, a vanilla train in the middle of that. And that was, the, cool. that was kind of the, the 80 proof backbone of it. And then we fortified it with um, so, some old Overholt rye, some old Granddad 116. Um, we had a little bit of Rowan's Creek in there and a little bit of Maker's Mark in there. What do you think this finish is, 90-ish? Yeah, somewhere, I would honestly say probably in the upper 80s, like an 88, 89 yeah. kind of in there. Yeah. Um, the, the ratio of the benchmark number nine was a little bit higher than we thought. Um, it was with an old Granddad 116, it got a little spicy. <laughs> so, Red. Uh, and then we have cans. Yeah, uh, my pal Joe Wells. There's a funny story how this occurred, but he gave me a case of this delicious Union Lager. It's their uh, Fair State Brewing Company's collaboration lager with Shell's Brewing Company. And it's just a tasty, classic American lager. And then, uh, well, as we're about to introduce our wonderful guests uh, today, Charles and I are joined by our very incredible wives, uh, our significant others, our better halves for sure. And I believe uh, my wife, Jenny, was the one who suggested a little box wine. Classy. Only the best. Only the best for us. Jenny, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, talk about your love of box sure. wine? Here I am. Present. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Jenny. I'm married to the guy to my right here, which doesn't help anyone since this is a podcast. But for, <laughs> I'm doing the comedian shtick yes. where it's like no one can actually see what's happening, but we're all laughing. Um, ben and I have been married for almost seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I decided box wine because it's my favorite, especially during the week, and it's technically a weekday, so we're going with it. Why not? And uh, sitting across from you is the lovely Miss Marnie. Hi, I'm Marnie. I will try so hard, babe, to not just bowl you over <laughs> when I talk. <laughs> Charles, shove him out of the way. <laughs> I, maybe by the end of the night, I might be. 
No, Charles and I are sharing a mic, so we're going to try to not piss you off. Um, but yeah, I'm Marnie. That's me. I am also drinking box wine because when Jenny suggested box wine, I was like, um, absolutely yes. <laughs> and she pretty much brought the box that I would have br- brought if I was the one bringing the it's box wine. It's meant to be. So. I love that I love that on a special Valentine's Day episode we're actually putting you two through like a couple stress test of having uh-huh. to share a microphone. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. We haven't had two guests in a in a while, so we were we were trying to determine what we should do in terms of a fourth mic. A friend of mine who usually borrows me his mic is in Denver at the moment. So I was like Hey, this is extenuating circumstances. I could just squeeze in tight with my <laughs> wife. It is the, it's the lover's edition. Just cuddling in. It's not a couple's episode if someone doesn't end in a fight. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We're going to argue about some shit, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> I will push him over before the night is through. Oh, I'm here for it, and I'm sure, I'm sure all of our listeners are as well. Uh, so, well, cheers to everybody. What do you say we, uh, we jump into this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kwame and I are going to do a shot. Yep. The ladies are going to take a good healthy swig. Boxed wine. Cheers. <laughs> the Malbec, is it? Yes, it's correct. Huh? Man, that's so good. It's mm. <laughs> good whiskey. Mm. We make good shit. Wednesday wine. All right. Uh, to both of you, and of course to you as well, Charles. <laughs> uh, we've, uh, let's see, you and I are coming up on 10 years together uh, as a couple. And we've joked around a lot about how you and I have made a lot of changes in our lives, and I'm sure you guys have kind of done the same thing as you've grown together and as you've grown professionally and all that kind of stuff. But thinking back to when you were like 16 years old, what would that 16-year-old think is the funniest part about your life right now? And maybe, Jenny, I'll kick it over to you first. There's a lot of things, let me tell you. Lack I of think, ripped jeans and midriff yeah, shirts? Yeah, I was like, I think, first of all, my 16-year-old self would be very disappointed I don't wear ripped jeans and midriff shirts anymore. <laughs> but it's okay. Things have changed. Um, <laughs> I think the number one, though, is my bedtime. I am an old lady. Like, he knows. This is already pushing it for me. But, like, it is a weekday, and I am out past basically 6 p.m. Yeah. It just does not go over well. What's your bedtime? Um, well... Don't look at him for this one. But okay. usually by like 8.30 or 9, it's like wind down time. Whether okay. that's like, I'm not committing to anything else. I'm, everything that needs to be done is done for the night. And then it's time to like read a book or watch TV. The dog is also on my schedule. So that helps that she starts Good. to pace and kind of mm-hmm. looks to me like, hey, lady, we're going to bed now. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> at 16, I never would have thought that. Plus a lot of years in the service industry, too. You know, I worked, you know, till three in the morning where it just right. did not even seem feasible that now it's like for sure by 10 o'clock. I have a rule, too, when we watch TV at night. <laughs> Once 10 o'clock hits, I tell him he can watch whatever he would like, but at a really low volume and something I'm not going to find interesting so that I can fall asleep. <laughs> Very clear ground rules. Yeah, it's, it's better now. Uh... Jenny finally pulled the trigger after we had talked for years about wanting to get a new TV. And the only acceptable volume setting was literally one on the volume. Yeah. And as somebody who is partially deaf, uh, one didn't help at all. Did so nothing. basically that was background noise so that I could kind of hear something and then just subtitles. But now we have a, we have a new TV and we can get down to about five or six and I can still More kind of hear. Yeah. yeah. I have a very busy brain so it'll be like what's happening over here? You should pay attention to it mm-hmm. even though I'm real tired and want to go to sleep. Hence the rules. Sports ball, sci-fi, cartoons, space. Yeah. Those are usually... All safe categories. <laughs> 
Not interested in any of it. But we've even, Jenny and, and our dog Millie have, have grown into each other so much that we've had people over and Millie will start barking when it's bedtime. Mm -hmm. Because and she doesn't care that everybody Get else out. is there. No, no, no. She okay. just wants Jenny to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, doesn't care about doesn't everybody else. Doesn't stayed. give a shit about me. Yeah. <laughs> just wants to it's go to bed with mom. It's time for me to be done socializing and to move on to bedtime, essentially. <laughs> uh, Marty, what about you? Uh, I... This is this is kind of tricky for me because 16-year-old me was like kind of more of an old lady than I am now. That's adorable. Yeah, I was a big nerd. Um, there's a reason I'm a teacher now because I like loved school. <laughs> and yeah, and then I went to college and I got a little cooler, um, hung out with some cool people, did some cool music stuff, you know, drank for the first time because I was a goody two-shoes in high school. Um, so I, I guess maybe if I may, I'll flip my answer, flip the question on its head a little bit and sure. say that I think 16 year old Marnie would be sort of surprised at like some of the things 35 year old Marnie has, am I 30, 35? That's how old I am. Good job. <laughs> um, has done. The age range yeah. where you start to forget how old you are. Right? Yeah. I'm 30. <laughs> Yeah, I think not to not to be like I'm, I'm so cool, guys. Because I'm not. But yeah, I think I think about my 16 year old self, and I'm like, oh, she was as you said, Ben. It was pretty adorably just innocent and nerdy. You know, I went to Catholic school. I loved reading Anne of Green Gables, and you know, I, was For sure. just, I was a big nerd. So, you know, having like gone and actually like lived abroad and become a Spanish teacher, like. Those are things I thought, like, wow, that's someone, something that someone cool and worldly will do, and that's not me. So, but you grew into being cool I, and worldly. That's kind of awesome. I yeah, I guess. You yeah. get a high five from sixteen-year-old you. That's amazing. I, I, yeah, I guess so. My version's ashamed of myself, but yours is like, <laughs> fuck yeah, we did it. <laughs> Looks like we made it. I don't know. Sixteen-year-old six Marnie would be like, um. Um, a shot every ten minutes, you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't that know. That's, I don't know about that, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> so you know, it's a it's a trade off. There's you know, yeah. That's my. That's my. Answer. I love that. Uh, Charles, what about you? Well, I'm going to kick this to you because I have a fun little pivot, I think, that Ooh. I'm going to offer up as opposed to answering this oh, hello. in the traditional manner. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, I think, uh, I think the, the thing that I kept coming back to, aside from the fact that like, I love to eat pretty much everything now and I was still really picky <laughs> when I was 16, uh, I think that would be amazing. But, I, I mean, we've talked about some form of that every episode. Right. Uh, what occurred to me today in the car was uh, I think I would be blown away that I fell in love with cats. Uh, oh, okay. I was militantly anti-cat yes. because I had horrific allergies. And uh, part of it is you start to grow out of it, but it was still pretty bad, like itchy eyes and stuffy nose and scratchy throat. And uh, a couple months into Jenny and I being together, I was finally allowed to see her apartment. And, uh, I didn't know if he was a serial killer. I had to keep him at a distance. Yeah. Smart move. Yeah. Safety first. And yeah. she had two cats. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is a nightmare. Like, this is my absolute nightmare. Oh, is boy. I fall in love with a woman, and I am tortured for the rest of my life. It's some weird, like, yeah. Sisyphusian struggle every day of, like, trying to get past. But um, 
You're just being tortured in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if any yeah. doctors or nurses out there that listen to this would suggest this, but uh, I started doing a slowly shrinking Benadryl regiment and I basically got my body I battled my body to a point where it's a stalemate where it's still like when Harold's our big eight or sixteen and a half pound. I say he has lost some weight. You don't be mean to him. Our <laughs> newly svelte, our newly svelte cat Harold. Working hard. Yeah, uh, he uh, he'll lay on my chest because that's his favorite spot. He'll just lay there and purr, and I'll still get like a little stuffed up afterwards. But I can see my eyes aren't like puffed mm-hmm. up like a, a kid who got stung by a bee who's allergic. Like I actually. I can do it. I'm not great at it, but uh, I've also kind of fallen in love with the uh, standoffishness of cats. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a little bit of like, nah, bitch, you got to earn it, mm-hmm. that I really, I totally dig, and I wouldn't have understood when I was 16, you know? I, I get it now that sometimes it's kind of fun to have to work hard. We, uh, we had a, a cat named Judith uh, for years when we met as well, and she was this, like, angry Six and a half pound. She's the best. I loved her yeah. so much. Like she was like an eighty-year-old, still smokes New York City woman with the name to match. Yeah, yeah trapped in a six and a half pot, like just. <laughs> she was <laughs> so amazing. But uh, when she finally fell asleep on my shoulder for the first time, that was when I I knew. Like okay, I might be able to. I might be able to do this, and I might be able to keep her around. Well, you didn't have to hit that drill. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you used to be able to basically set a timer when he would take a Benadryl and be just like, he's going to be passed out in five, four. Yep, there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but with a cat on him. She had uh, another reason I fell in love with her when when I got to her place. She had the entire South Park and the entire Always Sunny in Philadelphia DVD series. And I had never, for whatever reason, I had never gotten into Always Sunny. So I got to basically do the first ten seasons in a row, or seven seasons or whatever it was, in a row. And it was great, but I get like an episode maybe. Or maybe two. And then it was like, I mean, I did just, have to offset that at, what, 23 when... I think I was 23 when we yep. started dating, yep. but I had two cats, so I needed to have some cool things, so it wasn't just I was an insane person. A, sh- a show, too many cats. You stayed in your apartment. It was always sunny. Exactly. <laughs> I, if I may, yeah. I, I should have, well, not necessarily should have, but I can totally, I could have answered that as well. Not in the allergy aspect, but I was an anti-cat person as yeah. well, and I think it was on like our first or second date. Probably our first date. It was our first date. I I remember clearly. And, you know, we're talking about dumb shit about yourself. Like, oh, so, you know, I did this and went to college there and blah, blah, blah. Actually, it was was before. Was it when we were texting? Yeah, we were just communicating. And I was, or communicating when we were messaging on Tinder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The truth comes out. Well, Well, we were probably texting. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we met on Tinder. Who gives a shit? But, um, yeah, at one point I was like, yeah, and I fucking hate cats. And I said it, like, offhandedly. And he's like, little did I know Mm -hmm. that his best friend in the whole world... Was and still is lucky our cat. It, it's okay. That's it, it's a little different. Than that. <laughs> you guys are is it though? Is it though? No, we it's are best very friends. Very no. adorable. Yeah. The story itself is different. You didn't say I fucking hate cats. You said now it must have been a phone conversation. I could hear your voice because what happened was she uh, was talking to me about just my home life and stuff, and I mentioned yeah, and I have a cat. She's like, oh, you have a cat. Was it that way? And I was I like, don't yes, I have a cat. She's like, huh, okay. I was like, all right. And then in my I'm, head, oh, like, I fucking hate cats. That was the first, yeah, that was the first bump. Like, everything else was like, oh, cool. Even though we don't have everything in common, there were no, there were no problem areas yeah. in regard to our you know, personal lives and lifestyles. 
but I remember specifically bringing up the cat. She was like, "Oh, okay, you're one of." The, and I was like, in my head, I thought she was saying, "Oh, you're one of those guys, huh?" Kind of. You're a cat guy, huh? Well, high five to Marty then. We did it. High five across the we, table. We 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 yes. we figured out how love, to get across that fence. I do yeah, love cats, Lucky now. Cats and, rule, and, and I guess I said it that way. It's a it's a journey to understand them. Harold, Harold's my dude. Like Millie is her dog, and Harold is my guy. Like we hang out, we wrestle, we got a whole thing that we do together, and uh, fuck I, yeah! Like I said, man, I get it. I, I it took me a long time, but I get it. All right, let me throw this pivot in. The yeah, mix. yeah. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna ask the, the ladies to answer so that we don't belabor the subject. But it's interesting because we've discussed this before, and it has plenty to do with the 16 year old version of ourselves. Marnie once famously brought up to me like. Man, if I met you when you were 16, when I was 16, I would have been fucking terrified of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. So, Who does so, that sound like? Yeah, but I would have been terrified. No, you would just, I would, would not have liked you yeah. at all. Yes, that's probably, <laughs> probably, those are probably mutually exclusive. But that's what I want to ask Jenny. What would 16-year-old you have thought of 16-year-old Ben? <laughs> I would have thought he was a giant dork, and I would not have been interested. He wasn't in a band. He didn't oh. have long hair. I just would oh, not have liked shit. him whatsoever. No. I had what a type at the time. Okay. Okay. Once yeah. again, opposite, I think. Yep. 100%. Oh. And from, you know, photos... Oh, granted, some of it would not transfer, because that Boy Meets World haircut hopefully wouldn't have also... Been. It, at the I'm time, it worked. You would have been 16 when I yeah. was 16. There's yep. an eight-year age gap here, so, right. you know... Things had progressed slightly from then. But I just, yeah, we would not have your inquire. You did all the nerdy things I would not have remotely been attracted to. Jenny, when you say Boy Meets World haircut, are we talking Corey or Sean? Corey. He was the like, butt. Wait. Sean. Which Sean. one was not. His name? Am I making up his name? Which one was yeah. not Fred Savage's brother? Sean. Eric. Eric was Fred Savage's brother. And not Sean that was guy. the best friend. Sean was Sean the best was friend. So was Sean. Kind of mushroomy, butt yep. cut, yep. Yep. middle part. Yeah, yeah. Middle I part. I photos send it to you. So I... Uh, <laughs> now I have to check his name. Sophomore, <laughs> sophomore year, I decided that I wanted to have cool, longer hair. But I knew how long it was going to take, and I knew how fucking ugly that halfway stage looked. Yeah, and sure. at, at totally. sixteen, man, you can't you can't <laughs> risk six months of looking hideous. So uh, I wore a baseball cap to school every day junior year. So nobody had any idea that so my you hair had was... a school where you could wear a ball cap. Yeah, and... yeah, it okay. was right after I graduated that they got rid of everything Special fun. Circumstances. Like I used to be able to carry my backpack to every class, and we used to be able to have bottles of pop in class. I had my hat on. Oh yeah, and I wore it uh, every single day junior year, and then first day of senior year, I showed back up and I had like chin length butt cut, uh, nice. boy meets world hair. And, and it is, it is Sean. There you go. So it was Sean here. I had Sean here. And uh, yeah, it, I'll just go ahead and say it was a good move for me at the time. Uh, but it had we been the same the age at 16, that, she's smoking Far hot. No. She's still a smoke show. Of course Far I would. No. I would not care what terrible bands you listen to. I would have found a way to like try oh, and they connect. They were real bad. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, real bad. Many of them are still bad, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, what about, guaranteed. What about, what about you guys? Uh, this is me then? Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, what you said. I, well, there's a six-year six year age difference between you and me, right? I'm yeah? 39 and you're 35, so oh, that's well. four years. Yes. I don't remember. Six years. I don't, <laughs> it's not my job to remember how old everybody is yeah. at the time. Come on. 
Um, <laughs> so there's that. But if we had both been 16-ish or like maybe both in high school at the same time, yeah, I would have been terrified, but I also would have been very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, who is that bad boy? He is making all sorts of terrible decisions, and I don't know whether to <laughs> run away or... Whew, I would have, yeah, I think I would have been very, like, yeah. Oh, you're blushing. Yeah, that bad boy vibe. Because I, I called you a bad it. boy. No, I you're doing it. that little smirk you do when you're like, ah, oh, no, think it's. I think it's funny. We have talked about this yeah. numerous times at different so, stages. I would have had a huge crush on you and been simultaneously terrified. So you guys would have been, like, basically the plot of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you, would have been Lin- you would have been Linda Cardinelli's yes. mathlete, yes. and you would have been James Franco. She's beautiful, and I love her. We've even discussed this in regard to... Marnie Plus. We've discussed this in regard to time and place where we may have actually been in the same place yeah. in real life. It's kind of weird that we met on Tinder because we were in a lot of the yeah, same grumpies, places. Yeah, uh, 331. Post-college. Concert places. The Nomad. Yeah. Like our, what was it like third date I came? Well, it wasn't really a date. I came and met you at Nomad. You were there with some friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first time we talked about this. She's like, oh, do you, have you been here before? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here like, I don't know, 45, More 50 times. times. And she's like, yeah, I've been here a bunch of times, too. And then we were talking about places we had been previously and never run into each other. Mm-hmm. And then now we're married. You know, she's mid-30s. I'm late-30s. And we talk about how, I mean, for me at least, I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. I would not oh, have for been sure. ready. Yep. Yeah. I, met her, I, I met her at the exact moment I was ready and not a second sooner or a second too late. Because pretty much the rest of my life prior to that, I mean, the two years prior to us meeting, I just I didn't want to date. And the times prior to that, I had a series of dysfunctional relationships. And then prior to that, I was a dysfunctional human. So I didn't have my shit together or I was dating people where we didn't have our shit together. And then there was this like debrief period where I was like, all right, Zen, let's figure, let's figure it all out. And then I was like ready and we met at the exact right time. So it's a good thing we didn't meet at fucking grumpies in northeast minneapolis in 2009 you met when it was meant to be yeah i'm just i'm not gonna go into i'm just gonna say me too (laughs) that's uh there there is it's a matter of weeks that i will say i had it had to have been when we met Mm -hmm. uh anything earlier than the month previous and it would have been a massive train wreck i had just finished sort of like figuring out who i actually wanted to be after a, a series of well, basically an entire decade of looking for the wrong thing in my 20s. And uh, literally the minute that I was like, okay, I think I know who I am and what I want to do. And I started down that path. And then she was the first person that I met. Present. <laughs> and it was, uh, I, there's never been anything that mm-hmm. actually confirmed to me that I'm on the right path more than that. And here we are 10 years later. Cute. That is delightful. He's the romantic one in the relationship, not me. Yeah, I'm a big pile of smush, man. I cry at long-distance commercials. It's all good. Uh, would you like to ask a yes, question, Jenny? Yes, I'm ready. So, this one's, gotta, this one's gotta, to all the girls. We, gotta, we, we gotta drink. Oh, still. Yeah, we what a better it. time to toast than that was, that, was, that was delightful. To us being the less dysfunctional humans than we used to be. Correct. Fuck yeah. Continually less dysfunctional. Right. That's the Continuous plan. improvement, guys. Yes. That's all you can hope for. Okay, so mine is specific to childhood, but doesn't have to be, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So what is something, like, from your childhood that you always thought was completely normal <laughs> until you told your significant other and they looked at you like you were insane? Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be childhood. I feel like we all just have, 
like a different view of childhood for certain things and obviously when perhaps you know other people influenced certain things in your life but it could be just before you two ever met too it doesn't necessarily have to be childhood yeah you have something marnie um just a couple little tidbits floating across my brain here um canorsers maybe i, I don't know what that word means is that made up you yes okay <laughs> yes you okay. don't know it because it's made up little things that, like that's, uh, that's part of probably a larger it's a larger like ginther family vocabulary slash lots of um conversations carried on entirely in like old 1940s comedy movie quotes <laughs> i'm so in love with this idea <laughs> A sizable number of references that nobody else understands. No, not unless you watched heard, a lot of TCM. I've heard hundreds of times, hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm they have sorry. a lot of inside. No, it's, I don't. It, hey, you, I've, you're I've a come, good sport about it. I've I've come to find it endearing, but at first I was like, "What, what am are I you doing?" Here? Just constant follow-up. Yeah, you know, it's questions. like everyone. It's like everyone well, tells a joke and then they look at you and they're all laughing their asses off and they look at you and you're uh -huh. like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and like as a family, especially when my brother is around, who you know he lives in Atlanta, so he's not around as much when we do like family, their family stuff. And now it's COVID times, of course. But um, your your brother, the stallion. Yeah. That's the only the only time I've ever met him. He was dressed as a giant oh, yes. black his, horse the mm -hmm, entire time costume. and kept going to take <laughs> he, naps. That he wore. Like, wow, that it, is yeah. quite not the a stallion. Scott, if you're listening, don't get a big head, okay? <laughs> I literally was like, oh. Just so no. you know, every time Charles says something about your brother coming around or doing something, in he, my head, I'm like, the stallion. And then, and then in the background, there's like a horse head. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking yeah. horse. Every single time you say her brother, <laughs> that's He's all I think. seven foot tall black horse. <laughs> Don't forget, let's not forget that unicorn, that horse head had a unicorn horn. Oh, so. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. It's a black sparkly foam unicorn head purchased uh, after the day after Halloween for our post Halloween party one year. That's an amazing at, party. At, but it was like a day after, so he got it on he sale, got it cheap. I remember. Or it was the day of, maybe. It was day, whatever. Yeah, and he still wanted so, to return yeah, it. He left a tag on it. Do something cool, got to talk about a bargain. Yep, 100%. Um, but yeah, so to bring it back, just things like that or, um, yeah, just our weird ways of, uh, I, I thought it was normal when I was a child and it wasn't just marrying Charles, it was like growing up and interacting with other humans that made me realize like, oh, so not everybody is into Bing Crosby and Bob Hope movies? <laughs> like, does that make me a nerd? <laughs> and not only like a regular type of nerd, but like a different different type of nerd like a I was, subclass of nerd. yeah i'm not i'm not like playing magic with the kids or collecting pogs with the kids doing that in the cafeteria i'm like where are my people who else loves bud abbott and luke costello and it, it was like the teachers <laughs> so, marty, marty yeah. had the she had the official pass to the teacher's lounge so you could hang out with people your Pretty own much. age yeah I had an English teacher once that we were doing a reading and Bob Hope was mentioned and, you know, the, kid, the teacher just automatically was like, and you, you guys don't need to know who that is. He was a comedian in my time. Not funny. And I remember after class being like, excuse me, Miss MP. Um, <laughs> just I, I just want you to know that I love Bob Hope movies <laughs> and my dad does too. And we watch them together, so you know, just maybe think before you say wow. that. You probably blew her mind. Like, what I mean, is I don't going know if on? I said it. Honestly, I don't remember if I actually said that. I just I remember having Thought. a moment of like, damn you, Miss <laughs> But yeah, and to answer the final question, Canorsers are our family's made up word for the little crispy bits on a roast. 
Ooh. I do love that. Because that is the best oh. slice of Knorsers. the roast. The slice with all the Knorsers. Yeah. Give me them burnt ends. I like that. And I, can't, I couldn't remember the name, so I came up with my own name accidentally, trying to say the name Crisperiners. Crisperiners. Also good. <laughs> and also I feel like Crisperiners, actually, I would think it's something like that. It would either be that or like, like, like chicharrones, you know? Yeah, Crisperiners. Like that, if you told me that that was like the Greek word for it, I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Uh, w- would you say the same thing, or was there anything about your single life when you hooked up with her that was... I think we just we had very different upbringings, mm-hmm. I think. I would say the, the most glaring contrast between our upbringings, and something we had to come to terms with as a couple as well, is that I was raised in a family where if you don't like something, you just say it. Mm-hmm. Just, if you don't like something, just say it, and then you move on from that. And I think it was bracing for her at first that, like, my family... I was like, raised by Midwesterners. <laughs> yeah, like, when we're eating dinner together, you know? Like, my mom's like, how are the mashed potatoes? I'm like, there's no fucking salt in here. <laughs> you know? <It's> just... <laughs> and I'm like, he said fuck to his mom. Yeah. I can also see that being a little, like, bracing and frightening when you're just getting yeah. into a relationship. Oh, Absolutely. like, tell me about all the faults right now. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Right. So that's just, yeah, that, that, was, that was the way we came up. And sometimes it can be... I, I'm sure for outsiders it could be a little weird. Sometimes it is probably perfectly normal, but yeah, we just we're very honest with one another and very vocal, and I kind of carry that into the rest of my life. I think sometimes when I meet people too, they're like, "Wow, that's that's almost too forthcoming." <laughs> but I, yeah, I, well, I try not to be rude, but the, you know, the more I like someone, the more open I am with them in yeah. those ways, and it's for me, it's a sign of affection. And I think when people get to know me, they know that. I'm not trying to cut them down. It's just I like to – sometimes I'm jiving with you and I want to give you some shit, and sometimes it's like I want to be honest with you because I, I want to help you do a thing the right way, and I want you to be that way with me too. That's the other thing is I like the transference. Yeah. I don't want to be the only one to do it. I want my friends to do the Absolutely. same thing with me. Like, hey, why don't you trim that beard? It's getting fucking crazy. Like, I don't mind when my friends say that to me. But some people – I have friends where I know I can't speak that way to them because if I do, they're like – can you believe Charles just said that shit to me? And like two years later, they'll bring it up when they finally get the courage to say something. That's One of my best friends from high school yeah. had a blowout with me like six or seven years ago. Love this guy to death, but it, apparently he just, me giving him shit, he just had had it and he like really let it rip. And in that moment, I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. If you had said that, I would have stopped. I won't give you as much shit. And he's like, oh, it was that easy? And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't want to make you feel bad. I feel awful knowing that, like, me, like, ribbing you makes you feel this Actually way. Sad. So I will fucking stop immediately. <laughs> I'm equal parts mortified and proud of the fact that I've made two people quit fantasy football leagues because they oh. started talking shit. And I was like, Best oh, we're going to do it? Because I try not to start <laughs> yeah. it. But if you're going uh. to come here, man, you're coming for the king. The and, best yeah. part of fantasy oh. football. Could we back up there? You try not to start it? Yeah. <laughs> I try. Okay. So I don't say I don't start it. Jenny has her, I don't believe this yeah. face on. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the, the first thing that came to mind when you said that question was, I never knew how bad I was at finding things in my house until I started living with her. Like, I, I just thought that everything went missing all the time, that I just, like, lived with the underpants gnomes from South Park. And, you know, like, step one, steal Ben's stuff. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Yeah. And I, I just accepted that that was life. 
And then Jenny's like, it's right there. It it's right there. It's, it's right there. Right it's there. right there. Go back downstairs. It's on the third shelf. And she's never even like looked at the thing, but she just like knows where it is. I just remember things. Uh, I remember the first time that you saw me order Junior Mints and popcorn at a movie theater. And you just went, together? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's just together. me and my dad. So, whoops, I should probably warn people. I do that, and it's very, very good. I also really like snacks and candy, so I'm very judgmental for Ooh, other yeah, people. The judgment and is candy, harsh. So I was like, "What is he doing? And who am I at a movie?" Can no. I ask, can I ask a clarifying question? Uh-huh. Is is it a popcorn junior mint like mouthful together? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. And That's I will the say appropriate response. And okay. I, hold on, but I will say, <laughs> what have you started eating? I know. I'm not saying it's bad, but every time I do it, I still question myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, who have I turned into? <laughs> who have I become? It's not my go-to, but especially, like, at home, he'll put the Junior Mints in the freezer. Because I'm not a huge mint and chocolate person together. Mm, yeah. I, it's not my favorite combo. So Rarely but, works. Yeah. So it's oh, like, so I think good. because it's so cold, mm. I like that better than salty popcorn yeah. all day long. Uh, and then the other thing, I just wanted to say to, to try and make anybody else out there that might do this. Because I might be the only person on Earth. But uh, I never knew that I did this until her and I started living together. But when I get really tired, and it's like just before I fall asleep, I I put my arms up over my head and I just kind of like gently like kind of rub them together. And I, I've never noticed that I do it. It's something that I, I'm sure I did when I was a kid. And it just, I was alone a lot. I went to bed alone a lot. And uh, it was, I'm, I'm assuming something that made me feel like better. I, I don't know. I don't know why I started doing it, but that was that became my thing, and now it's completely subconscious. It's complete. She'll like, "Oh, are you tired?" And I'm like, "What? Oh, yeah, okay." It's the tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. I, you I do don't. It in your sleep too, when yeah. you're actually out cold. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but I've uh, I've asked around a little bit. And apparently, I've always done this. Like my roommates <laughs> are all like, "Oh yeah, you'd fall asleep on the couch," and then I'd think you were awake because I'd see your arms moving around. Then you wouldn't respond to anything. I'm like, eh. Something you find soothing for Good whatever to know. reason. Uh, I hope you're going to answer this with, with, with what I hope you are. But Jenny, do you want to answer your own question? I would love to. <laughs> this is a very specific example that is my favorite because anyone I repeat it to Gail always gives me the same look because apparently this was very weird. So I think I'm, I could be wrong, but I think it started... I think it was in the summer. We had taken the dog somewhere, and Millie has really short white hair, but we're like, oh, we should check her for ticks just in case. And I proceeded to tell him, we spent a lot of time with my grandparents when we were kids, that they had a, a black lab at the time, and my grandma would t- find ticks, and they would still be alive, of course. She would take them off the dog, put them in a plastic bag, and would basically hang them on the top of the cabinet until they suffocated to death. And I proceeded to tell him just this casually, and he proceeded to look at me the way that you guys are looking at me. My entire childhood slash life until like a year ago, I thought this was a perfectly acceptable way to kill wood ticks. Apparently, it's very Slow. strange. My favorite Slowly. part, though, was how, how like nonchalantly you pitched it to me. Because yeah. I, you know, I was always... There's uh, always a bag of wood ticks on Grandma's cabinet. I was a, it was a tweezers, was and then you, you burn them with a match. That was what my grandmother did, and no. then you'd flick the dead corpse out. And uh, I said, I was like, yeah, we could burn them. And she goes, or you throw them in a tick bag. And then just like went <laughs> about her bag. thing. And I was like, I'm sorry, hold on. Did the, you just the, say throw them in a tick bag, thinking that this was going to be some what? sort of a joke? 
nope, no. full story. Yeah. And I love how sadistic that is. Like, just yeah, watching him squirm around and gasp. And then you throw the next one in on top of the pile of the dead oh, bodies. Yeah. There would just be numerous in there. It was <laughs> and your grandma just My grandmother was a gem of a lady. Can I, okay. can I say something as a former sufferer of Lyme disease? I, I think this makes a lot of sense. It does. <laughs> so my grandma was a nurse her entire taking life. taking them off the map, man. And I don't care how you do it. part of it was also was for Lyme disease. And I also don't know like what she planned on doing with it. If she'd be like, well, here's my tick bag. What, you want to test any of these to see? Like, I don't know oh, okay, what her sure. plan was that past that. But it was still always... Oh, it could always... be that maybe if that dog got Lyme, then Correct. you have the tick preserved. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't really know, obviously, her thought process there. She was a great lady, but, I mean, you didn't mess with her either for a reason. Maybe it was you just end up like in the a, kid bag. Yeah, there's just hey, a subtle... Shit. Dead kids. Just a subtle hint of, this could it's be a garbage you. Bag. I wouldn't let those fuckers in my house because I'd be thinking about it all night. I'd be like, That's are they going to break out somehow? Are they going to pile on top of each other? Just go full jailbreak. The <laughs> they have to be hanging on the clothesline all outside or something. together into one giant... One giant it's just, it's just three wood ticks wearing a small trench coat. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've been trying to eat, reach you, Charles, about your car's extended warranty. Uh, te- kitchen. Yeah. Telegram. <laughs> They're eating a club sandwich in the yeah. kitchen. Candy, candy gram. I don't know of any that escaped, but maybe one or two did. Who knows? Uh, my guess is it was fortified somehow, knowing uh, my grandmother. Uh, I love it. Yeah, she was coming for him. Yep, well. she was ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's. Uh, cheers. cheers to the tick bags everywhere. <laughs> I hope someone writes in and was like, yes, that happened in my life, too. Just need one person. I can tell you right now, that sounds like one of the worst insults you could lob at somebody. You, you fucking, fucking tickbag. Tick <laughs> that is pretty good. Oh we might need God. to start using that. I want to save that one for later. T-shirts. <laughs> Look at this fucking tickbag. This fucking tickbag over here. <laughs> I love that they would be like, did you just call me a dickbag? I'm like, no, no, no. no, no. no. Tickbag. That was like way tea. worse. Oh, that's way worse. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm much more creeped out by a bag of ticks than just a random bag of dicks. Yeah. That's way worse. Seen both plenty of times. Old Tickbag McGee. You know. <laughs> Classic. I think you just he was... add McGee to the end of any fun word. And, and then you could be in a Bob Hope a... movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good old Tickbag I... McGee. He was great in the USO. That. I deserve that, Tom. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to rear back again into the past. We're doing a lot of rewinding the clock here in the... Mm-hmm. Lover's edition. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Libations for we, everyone. Can we get a little, like, uh, you know, one of those free music samples of a little saxophone, like, to yes. just edit into oh, this episode? I should have had the alarm be Careless Whisper. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Start over. Missed opportunities. Yep. Erase. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so my question is, what were your parental's reactions to first meeting your significant, significant other? Significant, significant father. Well, I got I got jumped by her entire family. Yep, you got jumped in. One hundred percent. I was wow. I was brought up to to Sartell, Minnesota, under the auspice of uh, her sister is a school teacher and needed to go get her classroom set up. It was the end of the summer and getting ready to have the kids come back. And asked if Jenny would be willing to come up and babysit. And we had that day off together. And she's like, well, I kind of wanted to hang with Ben. But uh, my 
I was the not boyfriend boyfriend at the yes, time. Yes, you were that for a long time. Uh, and uh, so it was our nephew Eli and uh, our freshly born daughter uh, Sophie. At, not daughter, our niece. Our so niece. No Sorry, children. we have no children. <laughs> you know, freshly born. Daughter. We, I, we didn't have this a child not... and give it to my sister. <laughs> right? I was thinking <laughs> her daughter, our niece. This is not my boyfriend, but yeah. here is our child. <laughs> but she was she was this little like bald potato just cruising around on the ground. Yeah. And so I thought, well. I don't know these kids yet, and it's weird if I just, like, jump in and start playing with, like, kids I've never met. But I can prepare, like, a good, wholesome lunch, and then we can eat together, and then maybe we can figure out, like, a game to play. So I threw on an apron, and Jenny's playing with the kids on the ground, and I'm just chopping up watermelon. And uh, I see a car pull in, and then another car pull in into the driveway. And Jenny just looks up, and she goes... Oh God! All the trunks popped. I go. What? She goes. My whole family's here. They decided to take a collective lunch break from work and all come to meet the not boyfriend boyfriend. That's some organization on on your family's part there. Well, my parents have their own business, so not really. Most people worked in the same. They were all there anyway. Got it. They Uh, blocked the driveway. Yeah. The trunks. So uh, (laughs) the the whole crew comes in, (laughs) and uh, your mom was so adorable. Like the minute I saw mom. It was just like, oh, my God, you're the cutest. I want to hug you. You're, you probably smell like cookies. And she comes up, and she goes, hi, it's so good to meet you. I'm mom, and then just hugged me. She's a very Midwestern, yeah. like Bobby's World mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bobby's World. Also, Bobby's great World. reference Thank right there. Lots of fantastic 90s references so far. <laughs> I was trying to think if I could do it. No, I can't do a Bobby. Anyway. Oh, no, do it. No. Um, you know, no, I can't. No, that's gone. No, that's not going to happen. You need, I need two notes for it to qualify as your bad impression. But of it's the like, day. no, no, we're not going to okay, do it. Okay, that was you. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried. It's, it's like high pitched and hoarse at the same time. I love that uh-huh. kid's. Whoever did that voice was genius. One of my favorite cartoon voices. But uh, then her dad came up, and her dad is close to a foot shorter than me. Yeah. But I was instantly like three feet tall. He, like, I don't personally feel like he's an intimidating figure because he's like 5'9, you know, average build. But he's only got daughters, and I'm the youngest. Mm. So he came marching in and saw mom hug me, and it was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Came in with the ironclad handshake, the Mm -hmm. damn glad to meet you. And then the, how about you come over here and sit down and tell me about your life? He also gave him the first and last name. For oh, introducing yep. him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> John Gallatin. Nice to meet you, sir. Whoa. Oh, went yeah. from, went wow. from my name is mom yeah. to, to full name. Yeah, yeah. to full name. And then uh, he sat me down on the couch and he quizzed me about my intentions and what I did for a living and uh, where I saw my future going. And uh, I, I think I did good enough that he wasn't anti me. Uh, Dad doesn't fuck around. But he was still, there was still the, the stink eye was on me for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have, uh, thrillingly, I have won him over pretty well. Yeah, now you're best buds. Yeah, now he's, now he's my guy. And I love the fact that I have both a friend and like a mentor father figure in my life who is just nothing but positive. And the more that I've gotten to know him, it also really helped me understand how great like a father can be and how much uh, like a father figure can look out for his kids. Because seeing how he raised all three girls, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I love the fact that the handshake that he gave me conveyed all of that in one. And then I got to peel back over the next few years and learn that mm-hmm. more and more. But it didn't make it any less nerve-wracking. And then like that, they were gone. Literally, they packed up. It was the end of lunch. Everybody swoop left. In, swoop out. And then it was like, what the fuck was that? Like, how did I just get ambushed by an entire family when we were, we were convinced that we still weren't dating? 
we were just hanging out babysitting her sister's kids like people that aren't dating do. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we slash myself. We're not ready to admit it out loud yet, essentially. Mm-hmm. He knew the rules. If you dated anyone else, he'd never see me again. But then my dad kind of pulled the same shit on oh, you. God. Yeah, but he would show up. So we were both working at Kieran's at the time. Oh, yeah. And he would show up with, like, baby photos of you while I was, like, serving <laughs> on the patio. And I was like, take a look at this. Yeah, yeah. And again, be gone almost as quickly. Spread him out on the table. Shit. I, I actually like, forgot okay, about I'm gonna go. He always took the bus at that time, you know, because he was downtown. He's like, well, I'm just, I got to catch my bus. And I was like... And then you just leave me with the photos. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this when I'm, like, it's post-twins game. Yeah, and mind you, he I never told me section. he was coming, and he wouldn't even say hi to me. No, he would just, he never straight for Jenny. Yep. Yeah. She'd just walk up, and she'd have a baby photo of me in her hand, and I'm like, what? Which is also kind of creepy. creepy. I was like, yeah, she's got a pocket full of baby photos yeah, of she's you. she's like, oh, your dad, like, your dad was here. Like, like I found this. Yeah. Don't ask how. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was so frightening. It was mortifying. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And then, and then he kind of, he jumped us. We were going to go up to um, our cabin, our, my, my dad's family cabin, uh, for my birthday. And just to get away so we could actually, because we, we had to pretend we worked together. So we had to pretend that we weren't together at work, too. So mm-hmm. we would sort of, like, avoid each other. And we would make plans to meet up at a bar way far away. And uh, uh, the day before we were going to the cabin, my dad's like, yeah, your stepmom and I decided we're going to go up, too. So we'll see you up there. I was like, well, that's a, that's a wildly different vacation, Dad. Uh, Jenny and I having, like, a lover's weekend is one thing. <laughs> Hanging out with my dad and stepmom, who I'm not close with and you don't know, uh, for a weekend is very, different. very different. It was a nice time, but you telling me, I was like, oh, God, what have I gotten myself okay. into? I was not anticipating no. a parent's weekend. Super. Let's do it. And also, it's very thankful that my father has continued to live up to that kind of fuckery. Yeah, he just likes to show up. It's like a fun surprise. Yeah, he'll just breeze in. <laughs> never a call. Or a call, and then an hour goes by. And it's very and old then, school. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, we used to be like that before People the world changed. Yeah. yeah, it did. Like, I miss my, you know, my first townhouse that I had when I was a teenager with two of my best friends. Our buddies would literally just show up, and they would walk in. The door was unlocked. They would just walk in. My buddy Leon, just 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, shit, Leon's on the couch. Hey, buddy, what's going on? What do you want to do? You know? Like, I would hate that. Was, that. Those, days, those days are long gone. That's like my nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it's, times have changed so much, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, you can't even just ring someone's doorbell. It'd be weird as fuck if a mm-hmm. friend who didn't live within distance right, just, just showed up and rang my doorbell. I'd be like... What happened? <laughs> Who died? <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in the country with only one other house on our road, and there was just, you know, it was at the time, too, like, you know, mom and dad had to run a business, and so they worked a lot of hours, so a lot of times us kids were home by ourselves, and I'm the youngest. My sister is, my oldest sister is six years older than I am, so we always kind of had, like, a babysitter age at home. It wasn't like we were five years old running around by ourselves, just so you know, everyone. Um, <laughs> but if anyone rang the doorbell, we were just always told, hey, don't answer it. Like, you'll know, we'll tell you if someone you know is, is going to come over. But obviously, we didn't live in an area that people just stopped over. So if anyone rang the doorbell, we would just hide and, like, <laughs> creep out the window from my parents' room because it was at the front of the house but the farthest corner, where I still do that now if I'm not yeah, expecting I anyone. I do that. And, yeah. like, someone rings the like, doorbell, I, like, the creep up to the front window and just, like, try to peer through so they don't see me. And it's like, I'm a grown adult. I can just choose not to answer the door or answer the door. But yeah. I immediately crumble like I'm a small child. Here, here's here's a hot danger. tip. If it's an upstairs window... 
and you're looking at the door to see who's there, if they look up at the window, you already know that's someone you're not answering the door for, so you can let them see you. That's fair. If they don't Give look up, it's eyes. somebody who you probably know, and you can go down and answer the door. So I, I'm never, like, uh, uh, very, very uh, shy about it. I just walk up to the window. If they look up, I'm like... Uh, yeah, I'm good on my car's warranty. <laughs> nice callback. Right? Another car warranty joke on this side. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Take that, everyone who calls me that I don't know. Uh, what about you guys? I, I actually, I love, I, I have no idea how that went for either one of you. And I have my, my after meeting everybody at the wedding, I have my, my ideas. <laughs> I, do you want to go? I have some thoughts. But... Mine's super easy. Marnie's is more fun. You know, I don't have a relationship with my, my now deceased father, like we didn't have a relationship. So when Marnie met my mom, the intriguing thing about that was I didn't really introduce many of my partners to my mom, just didn't date long enough or, you know, the more, the more prominent reason is that my mom has never cared for anyone that she's met that I dated uh, until my beautiful wife Marnie. So, Hello. My mom, yeah, my mom, my mom took a liking, took a shine to Marnie instantly, and that hasn't changed. And that wasn't like something I was looking for because I'm sort of I'm my own person, you know. I don't need uh, even friends, fr- family, any of that. I don't require like a second opinion. But that was that was pretty uh, pretty cool that my mom took a shine to her immediately, and you know. She fucking loves her. I mean, she doesn't. When I'm when I when I'm talking to her or stopping by, uh, my mom and my brother Tony are always like, "How's Marnie? When's she coming over? Say hi." Like, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fucking sitting here right <laughs> now." I'm also good. <laughs> Hello, your son In and brother. You were wondering. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned I, you on the podcast. Did you listen? <laughs> oh. Calling like, you subscribe. out, family. Like, subscribe, share, react. <laughs> Give us good reviews. Libations for everyone. I get that, though. I mean, literally, like, it's you're an incredibly charming human being. Like, oh, it's shut. it's just, it's easy exactly. to talk to you. Mostly because no, I still embody a lot of my childish gesture. tendencies, and the you're a teacher. <laughs> so I love the fact, like, you're just, you're a very easy person to talk to. Oh, well, shucks. So I could see how somebody could be like, oh, my son did good. <laughs> Do you think she also well. could maybe tell that you were more serious, too? Maybe that was part of it. I, I don't know because I guess I probably didn't let on at the stage sure. that, you know, it was just like, here is this human. We are dating. I that's hope kinda, that's how you introduced her. Well, I came in. I'm a robot. <laughs> I did come in. I mean, I came in a little apprehensive because of just prior experiences. Sure. You know, she's I famously one of my girlfriends. She just love telling me how much she didn't like her <laughs> so you know i was a little cautious at first particularly given that it was pretty early in our relationship surprisingly sure. i think it actually is very telling for our relationship that it was so early on that i introduced marnie probably had some that probably had some leanings toward how i felt about where things were going but at the time i was very cautious with like this is my girlfriend you know i didn't yeah, so to answer your question, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than, a, like, a dismissive mother meeting her son's, like, friends or humans or whatever. Whether It doesn't even have to be, like, a love thing. Like, I remember what, uh, the first time my mom, I had been DJing for, like, two years downtown, and my mom finally decided to come down and see what this, quote, little DJ thing I do is. 
Yeah. And uh, one of the bartenders, uh, her name was Kate, and uh, I was like, oh, that's my mom over there. She's not going to hang out very long, but if you want to go say hi or be like, how the hell did he turn out this ridiculous, uh, go ahead. And she went down to say hi to my mom, and she said something to the effect of like, oh, my God, I love Ben. He's the greatest. We have so much fun together. And my mom, I saw it. I'll never forget this. My mom looked her from the top of her head to the top of her shoe and back up to the top of her head, tapped her once on the shoulder and said, well, Ben does like to have fun. And then just walked away. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> just smushed this like bright-eyed, kind, Aww. energetic woman who was trying to be nice. And I don't. Yeah. Oh my god! It was just like, well, uh, yeah, that's just the path of destruction that she leaves sometimes. And sorry about it. <laughs> she won't be back. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I got. We got lucky there. I don't know what I did with Vera. I just tried to be, you know, nice and. I, you know, I, I felt it was important also. I, it, not like I didn't do it because the food wasn't delicious, because it was, but I felt that it was important to eat Vera's food, you know? Like, when you go somewhere, no matter who is hosting you, like, it's important to eat their food and to, you know, enjoy it or, like, especially express if you enjoy it. And so that was, like, the one thing that I, like, going into it, I was like, I... Because she always cooks. She's always cooking a huge amount of food, no matter... Who's a coming over or not coming over? Yeah. And then we'll call me and, a week later and be like, "Why don't you come eat these leftovers?" I'm like, "Why did you cook for but, forty people?" So maybe, maybe it was that. I just I remember making a point because I remember being a tad nervous too, mm-hmm. like you are, and also you know you telling me about like, you know your family wasn't exactly the Norman Rockwell you know picture perfect upbringing. So I, I was like, okay, well I'll just show up and try to be myself <laughs> and we'll see. And but I, when we got there, yeah, I was like, oh yeah. Got to make sure to say delicious food, Vera. And it is. That's legit. And there's a couple of things she makes that I'm a, mm, just so delicious. How, how did I go with your family? I, I'm, they, they love you. They, I think they were first. Well, oh, this is what came to mind when the question first popped up. Um, I remember my dad, this wasn't meeting. It was him seeing a picture of Charles. Cause he's like, oh, so your mother says you're uh, you're dating someone, or what's uh, you know, he he he's a classic dad daughter like that's what we have going on where he wants to know about my life and he wants to you know be close and we are close but it's like he'll call and say how's the car running you know like that's that means how are you I hope you're happy in life and fulfilled you know <laughs> how, many, how many miles on ugly right 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 that's but that's the gym the you know the gym version of that question so you know he's like he was. <laughs> I remember him kind of like feeling around like he wanted to ask me about how it was going without asking me about how it was going with this guy and I was talking about you and I showed him a picture and I was like he's got a hell of a beard look and my dad just goes what was that real <laughs> and I was like well what the fuck no. do you think dad it's, it's a face working it's fine a dude this man with a fake beard like I'll let you answer that question surprise dad. <laughs> god I love no, that idea yeah, they love you. They, I think they were very interested in being very... Um, now, now that my brother and I are, you know, adults living our own lives, my parents have really loved to travel. They've both always loved to travel, but they've taken sort of these later years when their kids are out of the house to really go to some fantastic places. They've gone to India, Egypt, Israel. Wow. For being, you know, boomers from St. Paul, they've, uh, they've seen some places. For sure. And they were and still are, you know, super interested in just Lebanon and 
you know, your family is like the food. Oh, mom is always like, oh, Vera, you have to tell me how to make that and make this. And, and then that's another thing, too. You dazzle, dazzled and continue to dazzle them with the food you cook for them. Anytime you cook for them, they're, they're just like, oh, 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 this is great. Oh. Like, <laughs> Marty sometimes pulls me aside. I don't know if her parents are going to listen. Marty sometimes pulls me aside and is like, oh, Dad likes your vegetables too much. He's, this is a problem. <laughs> why, why would I ever say that's a problem? You, you've said this before because he, 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 he won't eat other people's vegetables. He won't eat vegetables, period. He won't eat any vegetables. You just so need like, to move into their yeah, house and cook for them like, vegetables all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't remember asparagus being this good. Right. <laughs> you know, like, say things like that. I thought you were going to tell the Cannon River story, but all right. It's... What, when we went to the winery? Well, before I met Marnie's parents, I, I'll make this real quick. There's four of us, so we're making these questions last yeah. a little longer. So before I met her parents, she made her father sound quite intimidating, which for me wasn't problematic. I've met a lot of fathers. Totally accidental. I didn't I, realize until after the fact that I was doing this. Sure. She made her brother sound the same way. I got on. Not. I got on like old friends with her brother. We brewery hopped all day that, the day I met him but when I met her father I was led to believe that like oh man this is gonna this is quite the trial and I was at their house for 10 minutes when I met them and we were going to Cannon River Winery which they had some family that previously owned it mm-hmm. and he asked me to sit shotgun and Marty looked at me like what <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of awesome you guys also have I don't remember what car he had at that time I don't think he had the he Jeep had the, the he had the Jeep that died really quickly or that he had to get rid of really quickly because it was not running because okay. well, I remember when we went to the winery it was like yes it was not doing there were some problems with it but I think you guys sort of bonded and still bond over you guys are you guys both like Jeeps and sports. I don't know. Sports and sports Jeeps. And Jeeps and sports and Jeeps. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's Jim great. can talk about a Jeep for just how long you got. <laughs> yeah. Tell the cows no, come we, we got on right away. And uh, yeah, I, as aforementioned, I never had, I, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. And it, it was cool being around Jim. I remember on that mm-hmm. first trip, I felt out of place. I felt like I was with this like family unit that I'm not accustomed to and that I was an imposter in that scenario. But as because time, of your fake beard, because of my fake beard, my <laughs> fake eyebrows, uh, yeah. They're waiting for you to just pop it off. Because I'm a tick bag. <laughs> but <laughs> old tick bag McGee over there <laughs> with his fake facial hair. It didn't. It didn't take long though his for me to coat. to warm up to their family environment, and that also took them warming up to me, which was really cool. Because I I love the dynamic with her family. Like I love going to her family's house and visiting with them, and. You know, frequently I'm the one who's like, when are we going to go see your parents again? I text her dad all the time. I text her mom. Same. Yeah, her her mom and I text as well. But, you know, like earlier I had to text her dad because we've got to go for his games together to let him know how Antoine Winfield did in the Super Bowl. That he allowed a zero passer rating and he had an interception, only saw two targets. There goes that stat thing again. Sports ball. Hey, check out how well uh, Winfield did, you know. So that's, yeah, that's kind of our relationship. It's a it's a big love, and it's it's hard when you're not used to having to stretch that much. It's hard to to wrap your head around that. You know, we've had to talk about that a few times. I just get overwhelmed mm-hmm. because that's not my norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a super giant loving family that talks about everything and only builds each other up, and they're there for each other all the time. Like that's that's hard for me to get used to, and I'm still like it still doesn't fit perfectly on me. But I feel like it 
the shirt fits a lot better now. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and it's also a lot, like, with my sisters and I together, like, it's just nonstop talking. It gets to be a yeah. lot. My father has always had a garage away from the house for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> he needed time. He's like, I don't even know what we're talking about. It's too much. It's, I'm going to be up Everything's there. very high-pitched. Yep, yeah. high-pitched. And then with three <laughs> kids, what, almost 11 and under two yeah. running around now to you all the time. Like, it's a lot. It's very busy. Yeah. Well, and I just remember, like, we were just set free. It, nobody watched us. Like, when I was a kid, you just went out and played, or you found the neighbors. Same. And now with these kids, everything revolves around them. All the adults have to just sit in a circle mm-hmm. and watch the kids. Yeah. And that's, like, it's hard because that wasn't my experience as a kid either. Like, so it's, it's learning all of these skills that, like, most normal, well-adjusted people have. It's trying to figure out, like, okay, well, I'm never going to be exactly that, but I can get close. And then figuring out how to, you know, how to stretch. It's a Part little of bit of we like, like activities in our family too. So it's like, what kind of fun activities can we do? And there's yeah. like, my middle sister will plan eight thousand things, which gets to be a lot. But we always have a nice time at the end of the day. Yeah. Usually, a matching shirt gets made. He loves it. <laughs> I, if I get to have a part in choosing, I'm into it. Because I'll get dressed up for whatever. It's like a, when it's like a, well, the, the onesie, that was a bad year. That was a bad year for everyone. Let, let's just oh, say there, the there weren't a lot of things okay. left to the imagination. Nope. <laughs> Not for anybody. That was a good, good Christmas that year. Uh, Where does one procure a onesie that, that fits you? Uh, well, it, I mean. Oh, they make them. Yeah, we got close at Target and it just wasn't quite <laughs> yeah. close enough. They make them. I've had yeah. onesie parties with oh, yeah. many of my giant friends. Like I would pay good money Dietrich to see you Nocta. You know Dietrich. To well, see you in a onesie. Dietrich is a large man. And oh, he I, fits. Yeah, he I know they make them on the internet. It was This was a thing that was decided, and then it was happening. You. I'll wear a fucking onesie. Why are <laughs> you saying this like it's controversial? Onesie <laughs> I can't conceive if I had of you one in this backpack, being convinced right to wear now. Really? Why that not? would be the best Valentine's ticket. If you wear a tiger oh, one, right, I will so tell you. you else all your other lovely Scratch shit. it. Fuck it. Cheers to adult onesies. Cheers to adult onesies and moose knuckles. <laughs> With a butt flap. All right. You know, like an old prospector. You got to have the like butt flap. Prospector. Uh, <clears> oh, <throat> <laughs> Gus chickens. Uh, okay. So uh, I'm going to ask this one uh, to Charles and Marnie first. Um, we have four different sets of friends that were supposed to get married in 2020 mm-hmm. that have now basically had to replan their weddings. Yes. Um, even if they just are still using the same venue, they have to completely figure everything out all, yeah. all over again. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that people trust me that they've called and asked for some advice on some things. And they're usually asking me specific advice about a specific venue or provider or whatever. But the more that I thought about it, I just thought, I think everybody that's gotten married and like gotten past the first six months or a year together, when you look back on your wedding, of course, there's like wonderful things. But when it came to the planning part, looking back on it now, was there anything, is there any advice that you would give people right now that are out there planning their wedding about something that you absolutely should do or something that you realized after it was done that you spent way too much time thinking about that flew by? You absolutely should marry someone who plans events as part of their job and <laughs> loves planning events and is excellent at menu planning and cooking and uh, yeah, it's that simple. Just do that. Just find that person because that's what I did. <laughs> we were the inverse of the typical, like, oh, the bride, you know, like being all particular about everything. Um, not that you were like 
Bridezilla. You were Charles Zilla. Charles Zilla. You were excellent. I was totally. I was. I did get mad at one point. I did have one Bridezilla moment about the cigar right. bar, but, but the, we've, we've discussed that on here. We've discussed it <laughs> last episode with Nate, actually. But the in the process leading up to it, you were the one that was like good at conceptualizing like a timeline. Not that I wouldn't have been able to do it, of course, but just like with your knowledge of and connections and friends in you know food and beverage and restaurants and events i just um it was really it was really fucking handy to have you i'll, I'll tell you that i feel like it, i didn't i did things but i don't re- remember what did i do lifetime <laughs> lifetime presents so i married a wedding planner what <laughs> subtitle what did i do <laughs> Does that wedding planner have a fake beard? Marty, no, Marty. Yeah, Marty just fucking Marty's band just fucking performed yeah. That's right. at I, our we own did do that. wedding. We that did was do that. come on. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people were like, "Oh wow!" Like you sang at your own wedding. Like wow, that's amazing. And I was like, I I just wanted to like to me that's just a fun time. Like if the whole wedding could have been like a karaoke thing, I would have been. There. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have let me do that, and I wouldn't have like pushed it because that is a bit ridiculous. But you know, I mean, singing. Yeah, that's. I would rather do that than like have a dance floor and dancing. But we're just yeah, kind of what we did. We we is, made the yeah. whole thing like a big cocktail party, and the whole philosophy was if you want to dance, fucking dance. Mm-hmm. No one's stopping no you from dancing. dancing. Yeah, so but that was kind of. Yeah, there wasn't like a designated dance floor or yes. dance hour. Well, and, and really, when the band was set up and stuff. People ended up just like dancing there. That's where we had our first dance, our comically late last, our yeah, comically like 10, late first 30, dance. 10, and then you see people who wanted to dance, fucking yeah, have a spin. I think. Uh, I think if you wouldn't have almost died that day, that probably would have been like a perfect wedding. Speaking of lifetime movies, yeah, because I've had I've had uh, I've had two other friends that have sang at their own weddings, and one aced it, and the other one train wrecked. And it's still like, Aww. if I think about it, I still wins. Uh, it's it was just that's a bummer. Well, if I did train wreck, it's so sweet of you guys to <laughs> no. all have never said anything for the Great last <laughs> year yeah, uh, plus. My my beautiful bride uh, definitely does not do well in very hot direct sunlight, and she is very prone pale. to mm, uh, to fainting spells. It was a warm day, and we uh, we almost lost her shortly after the ceremony. And it was aside from the the direct, that direct heat, everything else was so still gorgeous, a beautiful ceremony, and it was so just perfect. So you know. Yeah, like, it really you was. You don't pass out, and you're not going to ruin this for them. Oh. You're going to keep this together. I so. did not know that until this moment. Mm-hmm. I had a teeny tiny little like credit card wallet, and that's all I had. And I was using that to try and fan, fan myself. Yourself. And I was just like, <laughs> I just could be like, come on. And I had like Aww. a little bit of water left. And for whatever reason, it just hit me perfectly, just like sitting there. And um, you were just kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do. And like, I was inside too, like yeah. for the row, where then my 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 brain was just like, you're trapped. You're trapped. You can't even get. Oh out yeah, because you were. Because I was gonna say was it wouldn't like, have been oh, improper no. to get up. No, like but we no. were we were kind of stuck where we were, and it was a pretty intimate ceremony. And then I could see her skin color changing, mm. and that's always the symbol before yeah. she goes full down. Ah, and uh, it was perfect that like right after that we got up and we uh, we ran into the brewery that was next door, mm-hmm. and we just got her like ice water to put on her throats, and we got her literally. Oh, I, I found sorry. a spot directly. Like, not your fault. I was like, nobody, was... you are oh. not going to do this right now. I do give you no, credit though. Lock you it up. you rallied pretty well. Yeah. Like we made it right. another few hours. 
And then it was just like, there was moments where like, you know, people were coming over to me and talking to me about X, Y, or Z. And I'd look over and she was just staring kind into a swaying. middle distance, kind of swaying. And I'm like, we it need to get you out of here. It takes a lot out of me for whatever yep. reason. It's just, it just does. I don't do well. well and it's, do, it's, you have a, do you have a sun allergy? I have friends who just... I wish I did. That would make more <laughs> sense. Have you Are looked you? into it? Apparently that is a thing. Are yeah. you a vampire? Oh. I don't, oh, I don't look know. at that face. I don't oh. know if vampires well, look, hesitated. And look who's playing the coy <laughs> vampire now. Perhaps. So, uh, I'll, yeah, let me, let my, me. My answer was not helpful. So, you, you <laughs> say the real advice. We're, hey, where we're, where we're going, we, we don't need we rules. We don't need rules. <laughs> and, uh, that's, you know, that's, I guess that's part of the, the crux of the wedding as well. If you got up, if you could get up, I, I wouldn't have been like, what the hell is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, my my answer because obviously there was a lot of moving parts to our circus wedding uh, just because I wanted to have fun uh, we we wanted to have fun but the conceptualization of like a lot of the things that we did with uh, milk jam ice cream and Nate dogs at the end of the night and the band playing and um, macarons some carousel macarons and all the the cigar bar cigar and whiskey bar and all the kegs and the selected wines i don't just to cut you off for a second i don't know if i've told you this i know i've never told you this i am not a dessert person like i Mm -hmm. it's rare that i will it's rare that i will go in on the dessert look your wedding is the only time at any fine dining event or ceremony i have ever been to that i ate every single dessert and ice cream boom i went and that was quite a few that was quite a few awesome like she was looking at me like who are you? And I just couldn't stop with the macarons and those, oh, the milk jam ice cream was bonkers. And like you picked such good things that you made Ben Quam like dessert. And also, I mean, part of the thinking for some of those items, at least, you know, it was obviously mutual say, but for me, I'm also savory, heavily savory leaning. Yep. So like the, the mezcal black fig ice cream, oh, so that was on their launch menu at, at milk jam here in Minneapolis. I am obsessed with that fucking ice cream, and they'd never made it again. And when I asked Sam like, hey, man, can I get some ice cream for the wedding? He's like, yeah, what do you want? And I was like, either, because I didn't want to be a fucking brat. I said, either the mezcal black fig or the canefe sundae. They do a sundae with this this beautiful... Uh, the what's the ice cream that they use? The base ice cream. It's an orange blossom, mascarpone. Ma- orange oh, blossom yeah. mascarpone. Oh ice my cream. god, I was obsessed with that. And then all the topping, like pistachio and rose uh-huh. blossom, and it's it's all the toppings to make it taste like canafe, which is like this uh, Lebanese Middle Eastern dessert. And then he was like, "Okay, how about both?" And I was like, um, "I wasn't gonna say it, but you fucking said it." So the answer is yes, please. So they did both. So, anyways, to get. We're digressing. To get back to the topic at hand, my answer is, and especially with having done so much, it, it, it takes a community, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask. Sure. Don't be afraid to ask yeah. your friends for help with small things yeah. because we didn't want to, and we ended up asking for a small favor from a litany of friends, yeah. and everybody was enthusiastic and yeah. cool about it. I just felt like I didn't want to burden anybody. Mm-hmm. But now having, I, I feel like maybe it's less burdensome to people who have been married before because immediately yeah, after I the wedding, yeah. how it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like immediately after the wedding, and I wrote, I wrote this big like thank you letter so I could tag everybody on Facebook and essentially say like, thanks for picking up 
the the donuts for because we did go, donuts yeah. at coal press like thanks for getting the u-haul so we could store all the bar equipment thanks you know they, i basically tried to individually thank everybody and then i was very clear if you're getting married and you need help with anything fucking ask me i'm not just saying that mm-hmm. i'm also the guy who's like if you're moving and you need help i got a bad neck i don't care i know people say no i won't say no yeah. call me yep right so i wanted to be sure people knew that because we were so nervous about the possibility that like oh man we, you know that's the morning of we can't do that we didn't hire somebody to go yeah. pick donuts up could who are we gonna ask and then we asked my friends brandon and all good and they were like fucking right yeah we'll get the donuts on the way who Dude, cares awesome. so i would say that don't be afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. and yeah that might mean you got to start at the top with the people that you know are going to be eager to help but People are more willing to help than you may think while you're doing totally. this. Don't let it overwhelm you. Like the people that love you would want to be a part of things. Right. Well, I think, too, just sorry to your guys' point, if you only are asking, like, one or two things from an individual, no one is getting feels taken advantage exactly. of either, where it's like, yeah, yeah I can do two things real quick. No big deal. Um, mine would just be watch the amount of time you have to plan. If I could redo ours again, three months in and out. And part of that is I'm a type A I know what I want. I know what my gut tells me is going to be what I go with. Even if I go, well, maybe I could do all of these things, I'm going to come back to my first initial response because I'll just make a decision and keep moving. So if I, if we ever even did like like renew our vows or anything, it would be three months in and out, done, yeah. planned, over with. I think uh, I totally agree with you. And I think, um, I think my, my answer would be twofold. The first would be, have an honest conversation with your significant other about what do you love about other weddings when you go to them and be on the same page about like, this is what she loves and this is what I love, or this is what he loves and this is what I love. And then figure out kind of how to divvy that up. Mm -hmm. And then for me, and this is more true just about our relationship, but it was the wedding planning that really showed that to me. Um, To anybody that uh, has ever seen the the cartoon Archer before, Mm -hmm. um, Jenny and I have a little bit of an Archer Lana vibe from time to time (laughs) because she is type A and I am very much, I don't know, like things just always seem to work out for me and they do. And I sometimes forget, like I'm good at that when I'm throwing events, I throw events like a motherfucker because I know what I have to freak out about and I know what I can just kind of let slide and, and go from there. The problem is that a wedding isn't about what my vision is. It's what our vision is. And if there is one thing that I could personally do over, it would be trying to see it through your eyes a little bit more and, and taking time to care about the things that you do care about, even if it's not like on my radar. And I think that if anybody out there is listening, uh, even if you don't care, do the fucking work and make yourself care or pretend to care. I know that not every story I tell you is that interesting, but you listen and you're there. Yeah, you try. I try. But that's, that's she stares in your general direction. Sometimes I go, I need the small answer. But isn't that, isn't that, (laughs) but isn't that all we need to ask is like, just try to see it the way that I am. And I think as, as we got closer and closer to the date, I think I snapped into that a little bit more. But when we first started planning it, I was like, why, why are we going back and forth about this, like these two colors? Like, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And that's because that's how I work. <laughs> but that's not how she works. As, again, a type A planner, I was like, this is not helpful. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. Yeah. <laughs> I will let you know when to show up <laughs> and what you need to wear. And I've said it before. <laughs> I'll say it again. To anybody that's in, that loves this show, 
focus on like the food and the party. Mm-hmm. Have your ceremony set, food and the party, like gift bags for people to take home, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that I've done almost 100 weddings between mm-hmm. DJing and reverending. And the thing that everybody always talks about six months, year, two years later, is they remember the fun times that they had at dinner with their friends. They remember dancing. They remember how beautiful you looked when you walked down the aisle. Those are the things that everybody talks about. And I've seen couples almost get broken up before the wedding because they were fighting over which yeah. plants were going to be or which flowers yeah. were going to be in the centerpieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, not, that's just not a thing. I will say it was really nice not having to deal with anything entertainment-wise. Because it's like, well, that is your department, yeah. and you For take sure. that and you run. Buddy. We good. <laughs> I'm glad we discussed this as well because we had previously had a talking point on the program where uh, I was saying, like, hey, if you missed your wedding and you tied the knot anyways, please still celebrate that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if and, and we were talking about how, like, if you missed an event that was or a, a landmark in your life, a milestone that was important, don't let people forget. Yeah. I know still it's do much it. later. Yeah. You still have to celebrate. Once yep. the world Absolutely. opens we back up. We did a, a, a Zoom happy hour with our friends uh, Jeb and Eden, yep. who are listeners of the program. Shout out to my man Jeb. Yeah, on and Eden. Uh, I don't and, mean. I know. No, that's, that's why we're <laughs> shouting here. But uh, so we did a happy hour with them, and they were like, "We're we're very touched that you mentioned that, and that you were talking about the importance of still celebrating these milestones, even though the time has passed." You know, I'm, if if someone says, "Hey, man, it's too late," no, they don't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. get out of there. Fucking be there with bells yeah. on. Anyone that's doing the math, cut them out. Right. So it's it's cool that we talked about this because it's, yeah. it kind of compounds on that prior discussion. And uh, I hope all those people, you guys missed a bunch of weddings. We missed like six or seven weddings. Lots of them, I hope yeah. every one of those couples still gets to have the party, either the party they envisioned or perhaps an even better one. Hey, Eden said here, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Eden said that she had these beautiful custom made earrings. And because <laughs> of the way she wore her hair, you couldn't see them. And I was like, hey. There's a fucking silver lining. Yep. Exactly. Next time, we'll be able to see those same fucking earrings. If you wear hair a different way, we'll be able to see I the love earrings. It. So. To all the lovers out there, we're looking forward to celebrating Cheers with you. To the lovers. Cheers. Marnie, Marnie, I believe this is you. Okay. Um, oh. So. The, Choose wisely. Uh, yeah, the journalism <laughs> undergrad major in me is like, oh, I have so many questions. Um, Can you only say that in that voice, please? Yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I really liked it. <laughs> well, now I'm on my third wee itty-bitty glass of wine, so I'm um, the, the silly voices are coming out. I love this. doesn't really take that much for me. Um, I'm going to go with this one, though. Uh, okay, and at the risk of sound, I don't want this to come from, like, a pretentious, pretentious place, but I am a language teacher... I'm a language nerd, and I know that travel is something that comes up on this podcast a lot. So my question is kind of a choose-your-own-way-to-go-with-it. Firstly, what is your favorite word or expression in a foreign language that you have learned? Because I know, you know, you speak Norwegian, Ben, and you speak Arabic, Charles, and Jenny, I don't know if you've, like, studied or, but, you know, or alternatively, or travel, whatever, things you've picked up. Um, Or what is just like an expression, a euphemism that you love in English even? 
I mean, fuck's always my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but something a little, something a little more, something a little more off the beaten path. I mean, tick bag might be a new. <laughs> tick bag. I think we've, I think we've sort of invested some time and thought into tick bag. It might become a thing. No, yeah. honestly, when we've um, traveled to Norway, he is phenomenal with languages. He picks them up super fast. I studied French in high school, and my French teacher would be so disappointed in me for how much I do not remember anymore. I remember really loving the class. It's just not enough as stuck in my brain no, anymore yeah, you, but yeah. when we've been in it, Norway obviously part of it is the language is very <laughs> sing-songy mm-hmm. and so I throw a weird like midwestern like Fargo accent yeah. on things like we had flown out of a city called Sandefjord and I kept being like Sandefjord Sandefjord oh, like just, just yeah. constantly <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> or there's a train stop yeah. in Oslo <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you were gonna say it I love it it's, I don't know how to actually... Yeah. Maybe you should say how you're supposed to say it first. Jönbanatorget. And I just go, Jönbanatorget. Just like like the most... Like you're going re- to Target. Yeah, what? exactly. Like the most absurd like way to actually like pronounce these things. But like it makes me so happy and I'm not trying to be offensive to the language when I do it. But it's just more fun. It's just like... It's so sing-songy yeah. that it's just fun to constantly repeat. So I have uh-huh. no idea what that means. It's just a major stop if you're in Oslo. If you can get back there, you can pretty much get anywhere. Yeah. Fun travel tip for you. Yeah, it's it's a central hub. It's just an easy yeah. place, and it's just like the name of the station. That's all, that's all it is. And like that's exactly the kind of answer I was looking for because, too, you don't have to be a fluent speaker of another Ooh. language. Like Sometimes you hear a word... Like, my vocabulary in Arabic from just randomly asking my husband and mother-in-law questions, like, how do you say that? How do you say that? How do you say that? Is like, I'm, you know, an infant. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Spanish, I'm pretty, 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 pretty good at it, you know. I teach it. But she picks up language rapidly. She says stuff to me in Arabic all the time. I don't even notice that she said it in Arabic because but, I'm fluent. But sometimes, what, what the point I'm getting at, though, is like, so you can go one or two ways with this question. You can be like, oh, there's this expression that I know really well in this language that I know really well, and here's why it's like intricate and beautiful and linguistically intriguing. Or you can just be like, there's a silly word that I heard, and I can't stop repeating it, it makes me because it's really fun. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen, was it Norseman on Netflix? Yeah. It's like a parody of like the History Channel like Viking show, but like how they pronounce everything for well, their... Like, so they're all, they're all actual Norwegians and Swedes in it, and they do every scene in Norwegian, and then they go back and do every scene in English. With a Norwegian accent. Well, they, yeah, because they and all speak. basically, like, that is how I am pronouncing everything, where it's just comical. Well, it's... I, I love... I love... The, the sound of, like, a native Norwegian speaker is my... I love... It's my favorite language to listen to. Mm-hmm. Because it's so lilty and it's so mm-hmm. positive. Um, but that also translates when you're um, speaking English with people. It, uh, it uh, constantly goes up you at the up end. And, and uh, you, you know, uh, you uh, it's, there are many similarities between, uh, you know, Norway and also here in Minneapolis. And uh, everything is... Uh, it's always a run-on sentence. There's never an end and it just goes mm-hmm. up. And it, it is... I, I love it. It makes me so happy even when people are saying sad things they sound happy uh my my favorite my favorite word in in norwegian is um ilchil which um the closest it's it's one of those words that doesn't translate directly but um it basically means um like fire soul and it's people that um anybody that like poetic we'll try like we'll basically start a fire inside of them to do something that they're passionate about and um it, it looks really cool the way that it's spelled because it's 
a couple vowels with like a bunch of consonants in the middle, but it still mm-hmm. sounds pretty instead of being mm-hmm. like guttural and, and ugly. Say it again. Ilchil. Ilchil. Yep. Il-chil. And if you really want to be authentic with it, it's an SJ, so it's actually like ilchil. You have to do the sh farther back on your tongue. Ilchil sounds like a new metal band that I like. <laughs> it it looks it looks like a sweet a sweet metal band name yeah. when you write it. Uh, but my favorite sentence uh, was taught to me by uh, an Albanian friend named Visar. And uh, he's going to, if he ever listens to this, Visar, I hope you hear this. Uh, it's Chiu Mea Rushat Barda, which literally translates to, I hope you get fucked by a polar bear. <laughs> and it sounds like the, like the coolest, slick thing ever. And he would say it all the time. And I'm like, what is that? Is and it he, a common saying? Like, is it? It was like a common curse. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was oh, that one. Just and, a random string of words. <laughs> nope. It's a thing. This is all my favorites. His That's two great. favorite insults were That's that. Great. And then there's another one. I have it written down somewhere at home. I can't remember it off the top of my head anymore. But it's um, fuck everyone in the first line of your funeral. Because it's, <laughs> it's all of the family that you yes, hold dearest. Yes. Uh-huh. Those, are, those were the two insults that he used all the time. Yep. But chiomea rushaparda. You can almost say that under your tongue or like, like lowy quietly. Chiomea uh-huh. rushaparda. And it's like, <laughs> well, that sounds like some sinister shit. What's it mean? I hope a polar bear fucks you. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, why a polar bear? There's so many questions about well, it. Well, I think because it's a large bear. Yeah. So it's intimidating. But, I'm imagining. I but don't know. they're only native to like two very small. I don't know. There was so, I went way more in depth on it than I needed to. No, but you that's, didn't. That's that's exactly like what I wanted to get here too. Is like so so many expressions or insults or whatever are tied to the culture of mm-hmm. you know in which that language you know Im- grew, right? So, like the fact that it's a polar bear and not some other animal belies the geographic location that that saying came from. You know, like that's what I think is so beautiful. That's that's one of the things I nerd out about as a person who loves languages i got a i got a a, a a grocery bag full of stuff from my mom that she found in the garage from like when i was in college and one of the things was a piece of paper where visar had written it out in albanian <laughs> and then i put my own phonetic and you're like, like practicing it it's so cute <laughs> so i knew how to spell it and how to say it exactly and i thought it was adorable and it, the fact that it, the only thing on that piece of paper was albanian with lots of accents and lots of of consonants and then me sounding it out, and then uh, I hope a polar bear fucks you. And then the other one sounding it out, <laughs> <laughs> fuck everyone in the first line of your funeral. And like, I love the fact that my mom looked at that like, oh, that's one of his. Oh, like, that's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> he likes to have fun. But he likes to have fun. <laughs> uh, what about the two of you? You want me to go or you want to go? Uh, I mean, I'll do mine. Mine's, mine's a yin and yang because I also love. In Arabic, there are a lot of very creative uh, curses, and it can be very mean and dark. Things that sound like they aren't that insulting are some of the most insulting things you can say. One obvious one is sakin bi which means a knife in your heart. You say that to somebody, like, you're really pissed at them. Another one is, this is a weird one, because it seems more innocuous, but kol hawa, which is, you say that kind of like, as an aside, like kolhawa, which means it means eat air, but like it's like choke, you know. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> go choke. Go there's, choke. There's a lot of those, man. There's there are oh, so yeah. many. I won't I won't go go down the whole list. So the the other side of the equation is uh, Arabic is a very romantic language. Uh, we call you know we call one another habibe habibte. Like those are mm-hmm. like we we commonly call each other that, and I I love that word. And that's how you're in my it's phone. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's cool that we say that to one another. (laughs) And then, but like a lot of the other terms that like in Arabic you would say to your significant other as a sign of endearment is aine, my eyes, uh, albe, my heart, uh, amar, the moon, like things like that. It's just like very ancient and sweet and, and heartfelt and romantic. So that's like the two sides of the coin. Knife in your heart, or you are my eyes. We're passionate people. Yeah. Either direction, it's right. still passion. Yeah. Plus, like when someone's when someone's really mad and they say "sikin bialbek," it's like very like "sikin." Like they, <laughs> they're driving it. Into like it. they're doing it. You know, like oh, okay. Yeah, lean it in. <laughs> this guy's mad. I better leave. <laughs> well, how about to our resident linguist? Um. Well. Um. Okay, so I have two things that are coming to mind. Obviously, I could talk for an obnoxious amount of time about this, but with Arabic, as, again, I don't know anything about Arabic. I didn't know anything about Arabic until you and I met. Um, But when I've gone to Lebanon and, you know, been surrounded by Arabic and sort of immersed, and, and even just when we're not in Lebanon and I just get in my you know, nerdy, on my little nerdy language train, and I'm like, how do you say that? How do you say that? How do you say that? Um, I mostly, I think, have picked up food, right? Little nouns, food food nouns, right? That's that's my Eric. <laughs> and my favorite one is mishmush. Mm-hmm. How cute what is, is mishmush? It's apricot. Mishmush. Mishmush. Oh how cute. Like, you can't say that without smiling. And again, like, I'm Former sure. cat hater wants to get an orange cat just to call the motherfucker. Mishmush. <laughs> That's what I said when I first, after, I think we were in Lebanon the first time, and I was like, Charles, Mishmush. It's a smush face orange cat. We have to get one, and his name will be Mishmush. Like, it has to be. And, you know, now we have a dog and a cat, and I'm going nuts with both of them, so we probably won't be getting Mishmush anytime soon. But maybe someday we'll have Mishmush. Maybe Mishmush will find us. There are those words when it feels right, when it comes out of your mouth, that, like, it doesn't just, even matter what it means. Right. You just like to, it just feels right yep. on, on your, rolling off your tongue. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, in, in Norwegian, the word for uh, stars is stjernene. And it's just, you just took the same word, but you made it a little prettier. Yeah, you, you know, like, added a few flourishes yeah. to it. Or, yeah. like, a flower is, uh, like, or flowers are blomstene, because it's just things blomstene. that bloom. Uh-huh. You're just, and so it's that, because that's, that's how they see that word then when you call somebody your flower it's not because you're a pretty fragile thing it's because you're blooming and it makes it a completely different compliment yeah Uh, i also think that that not to belabor this point about language and how much we nerd out but i i hate that we natively speak a language that's the worst at finding terms for love like everything is just love i love my wife i love a Mm -hmm. cheeseburger i love that song like it's all the same thing and just about every, no, actually every language that I've ever studied, there's multiple different words that you use. For love. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could say, I love that, but I love her. And those are two wildly different, different things. Yeah. And I wish yeah. we would be better about that because I think we should differentiate it. Like I do love a lot of things and I do love my friends and all that, but it's a completely different thing when I use it for you. We just have the same four letters. Right. And I wish we could figure out a way to do that. On the note of love, and it being the Valentine's Day episode, I'll just say one last thing on that question. So I have a million things in Spanish that I love, <laughs> expressions, whatnot. But because it's Valentine's Day, so you know how in English we say my other half, right? In Spanish, 
And I don't know if this is, I, I, I feel like it's a fairly universal expression, um, but Spanish is very different in Spain versus Chile versus Mexico versus mm -hmm. the Caribbean, you know. Um, but instead of, a, a common expression is, instead of my other half or my better half, it's mi media naranja. So like the other half oh. of my orange. Oh. Yeah, I love that. Which is so cute. cute. So I think much that's better. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Like you slice an orange in half and it's like it's a pretty thing, right? It looks lovely. It's a common image, right? But it's still, you know, lacking missing its other half. So media yep. naranja, like you could be like someone can be your media naranja. Your that's other, so beautiful. The other half of your orange. I love yeah. that. I love that too. And now I'm gonna nerd out the next time I see an orange, I'm gonna be like, oh and everybody at the everybody at the grocery store is gonna be like uh, let's get away from the weird guy that's staring lovingly <laughs> at the oranges. Like Crying by the oranges. I want to throw, I want to dash a little more salt on this. Addition by subtraction. In Arabic, okay, the Arabic language has 12.3 million words. The English language has 600,000 words. Okay, it's not even close. Just now? I couldn't remember the number. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. How the sausage is made. This is how the sausage is made. Ladies and gentlemen, making me look stupid. Oh, stop it. Nobody knows that off the top of their head. I know. I admire that you took the step to check I told you there's going to be a couple fight, right? No, this is how we talk to one another. Look at those same micers over there. I was just checking myself earlier. Okay, go. I want to hear what you have to say. There's no word for this is hey, this is great actually. There's no word for sorry in Arabic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that explains a few things. So, like in in uh, in in the in the Lebanese like in in the Lebanese dialect of Arabic that I understand. Like when you're in Lebanon, if someone wants to say if someone wants to say sorry, they say well, sorry in fucking English. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, I love that. But. but uh, there, there's a way to say that you're sorry, but it's like way more long-winded. It's little which means like, please don't judge me for this. Oh. But there, but that means there's no actual word to just be like sorry. <laughs> like if, you, if you're like if you slam your car into somebody at the fucking grocery store, you there's you you know sorry you know like that's the best you can do. <laughs> sorry is in English. Twelve point three million words. That's amazing. Which I googled right now, and sorry <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> Uh, Marnie, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to expose you. Sorry. Hey, man. Sorry, sorry. Habibi. Look how good There's my no Arabic cameras, is but getting. <laughs> you know, no, here's, here's the best thing. This always happens when we have family members on the show because JP did this shit. Yeah, he did. When we, were, when we did the, uh, the Falling Knife Brewing episode, JP called me out on something I was doing. <laughs> he was like, are you reading your computer? Yes. I'm like, it's a fucking production. We don't just come in here and just like pour liquor. We're... We're doing stuff to you. But if I, I had my laptop, she probably wouldn't have been like, did she Google I don't that? think that's a bad thing. Uh -uh. I didn't mean it like no, I wasn't I trying to call you out. For like, everybody I, out there. Like I said. I'm being the, a smart ass. I'm being a tick bag. <laughs> what a tick bag. Tick bag McGee the over there. The journalism undergrad in me respects the fact checking. Yep. Cite your sources. It's exactly. my phone. I wish we could also get the look on Jenny's face during that exchange <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> She's I was like, here for it. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I just assumed we would be the ones you're, you're next. You guys, one more you guys aren't sharing a mic. We got so. one more question. All right. Oh, I bet. No. You know what? This is where it's going to happen probably. Yes. Here we go. Cheers, here we to, go. cheers to that. Cheers. See, look. 12.3 million. I, it's not that I don't believe you could be me. All right. But for real, why are you lying about that? <laughs> Sorry. The Sorry. whiskey is delightful, by the way. Sorry, Quam. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad you no, had some. A wee tipple, if you will. A wee tipple. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. 
Okay, final question. Final question. Oh, hold on. I didn't take a shot. What the fuck is wrong with me? I just did. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's the final question. All right, let's talk musical taste crossover. So what music do you agree and disagree on? Oh, disagree Dave Matthews band. I fucking hate uh, him. Okay, Quam, can you do a Dave Matthews impression at least? Open up my head down. Let me out, out, out. A little baby. Oh my god, I hate it so much. I literally just slid all the way yeah. across PNA. Have you ever heard a lake turn into a desert in the span of ten seconds? I think that's what just happened. Yeah. That's what that's what we do. When I do when I do the, the dumbest, unsexiest things, Jenny will just take her hands completely like flat and smash them together. Vagina closing. Oh clamper. <laughs> Even if I'm not looking, I'll just say something really dumb and I'll wait for like a giggle and I'll just hear a single clap and I'm like, oh, missed on that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I we overlap quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, I still to this I love telling the story. The first time that I went to her apartment, it felt like a setup. Because aside from the cats, I walked in and she had South Park and Always Sunny. She had um, the God Delusion on her coffee table on top of a a book of art by Ralph Steadman. And then she had a a whole stack of Led Zeppelin records with, I think, three was actually on the record player. And I just, like, turned around and I'm like, if somebody wanted to, like, kidnap me but have me go willingly this is a pretty good way to do it did you lick both cats to develop an immunity at that point? <laughs> like, i mean kind of I'm, I'm in here now uh and we, I'm not leaving. <laughs> we went through a lot of back and forths about music and really the only you were a little too young to have the grunge era move you as much as it did me correct it didn't impact me the same way it impacted you because of the age range i can still appreciate it but it's it's one of, like, Pearl Jam, for you, means something very different because it was not an influential time in my life. I was too young to understand what was mm-hmm. happening. But I think you've kind of come around on a lot yeah. of that stuff. And we, we don't, I mean, that's also, I don't, like, play a Pearl Jam record every day either. We really overlapped on a lot of stuff, and I was blown away when I found out her hatred for Dave Matthews. I hate him so much. Who's not... Not one of my favorites, but absolutely, I think I've probably owned every studio record before the last one and at least three or four live ones. And, yeah, and it was just... It's not for me either. Yeah. yeah. His voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. (laughs) I think for some people it just sounds like... I have a physical response to it, and I just do not like it. I think it is a band that's kind of popular to hate, Mm -hmm. right? Lots of people love to hate Dave Mm Matthews. They have a very, like, unique aesthetic... Mm -hmm audio aesthetic I think for some people it doesn't actually sound like music I'm probably one of those people but I understand I understand that other people enjoy it like Splinter loves Dave Matthews Band when he brings them up I kind of just don't say anything (laughs) check out like well yeah okay and I'm not I'm definitely on the live shows I I am I I will nerd out to the nth degree about what's going on because like the polyrhythmic signatures Mm -hmm. and the different scale progressions that they're using like I like to get into that but that's that's a hobby for me. When it comes to actual like music, I could probably make like a two album set of what I love about Dave Matthews, and I'd be happy with that. Like it was also very much of a time and a place for me because that was a band that challenged the sort of spoon fed applesauce bullshit that I had listened to on the radio, and it 
it was a gateway for me to actually figure out, like, my dad is a huge jazz fan and, and loves Steely Dan and all that. Dave Matthews Band was a leap, like a, a, a step for me to get to that level. Sure. I had tried and I didn't get it. But once I, I heard, like, some of the weird rhythms that Carter Bulford was playing, it also helped me understand Tool. Uh, sure, when sure. I, I didn't, I loved Sober, but I didn't care for uh, Undertow. Uh, it was fine. So another it, band that's popular to hate. Yeah. But I mean, let the record show Dave Matthews Band are incredibly talented musicians. Yeah. It's just not for me. And once I started listening to, I had a live bootleg that a friend had, had given me. And once I started listening to what he was doing on the drums, and then Anima came out in 96, mm-hmm. and what Danny Carey was doing. Greatest drummer of all time. That was my. That was the language that allowed me to talk about what Danny Carey was doing. So that was, and you know, Crash came out, and like that was an inescapable song mm-hmm. for me going to a liberal arts college in 1997. I remember at one point I, I went was to ten. So different, <laughs> different effects yeah. for me. I just, 10. I'll never forget. I was walking down the hallway to uh, Natalie's dorm room. I don't like her. And there, there were, there were five. Separate bag. dorm rooms. <laughs> She's got a fake beard. She's just a Wait, bag that of means ticks. something different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there were five straight dorm rooms that were all playing the song Crash at the same time as I oh, walked man. down there. And so it was like, it was such an, like a powerful thing at that moment. And then my uh, junior, well, my senior year, uh, my roommate was a guy named Jake Brooks who was an incredible drummer. And he had like he had a, a Jimmy four by four, and it had the spare tire on the back. And he had the Dave Matthews Band dancing stick figure guy uh-huh. hanging up, like that was painted on the back cover. So you, part of it is also osmosis. Like you're around somebody who's constantly talking about what he loves about it. Because Jake's an incredible fucking drummer, and he made me like really kind of understand it. But then when like seeing him live is one thing, but then the studio records come out, and it's kind of like a John Mayer thing. Like I know you guys are really talented, but I don't always love what you do in a recording studio. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, every now and then, there's humorous songs that I love that <laughs> really it's just my idiot sense of humor. Uh, but the- yeah, most, most of the time we agree. I'm not a huge country music person mm-hmm. and because your knowledge of music is also vastly different than mine like mine's teeny tiny compared to what you know you know and continue to learn because it's something you're very passionate about of course i grew up listening to a lot of oldies you know and then classic Absolutely. rock so that's also just yeah. kind of part of what i still kind of go to when I, you say oldies can you just toss out an example um like- so i grew up listening to like cool 108 yes. to a ton of like 50s. yes i was hoping you would say that yeah 100 that was my entire cool life uh kq92 if i was going somewhere with my dad but we didn't tell my mom even though i think she knew but we were specifically told not to say anything because the morning show was still inappropriate at that time <laughs> um so like we have a lot of overlap i appreciate a lot of the stuff that you bring in and you know expose me to as well because you also seek it out i now pretty much only listen to npr because i'm a hundred but it's fine mm-hmm. just talk radio i'm just i'm just an old lady of like I go don't to know bed at eight and listen to npr <laughs> like i don't know what these kids are listening to these days and i'm just like that's just me i'm gonna go hang out with terry gross 100 percent. she's great mary louise kelly oh yeah. i love her i love her so much I do also, for Dave Matthews, I find it to be kind of interesting how much I hate the sound of his voice because I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. And I Hmm. will not say that Bob Dylan has a beautiful voice. I appreciate, you know, this is a weird comparison, but much like cats walk around with a middle finger, I appreciate 
that Bob Dylan is just like, go fuck yourself, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm into that. Yeah, you got to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, he also really leaned into his sound. You yeah. know, like, he, I remember actually being in, like, I don't know, I was in, like, eighth grade, something like that. And we had a music teacher who was very, you could tell she kind of just, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but, like, she would, like, talk and talk, kind of go on diatribes, and we were just, like, a bunch of little eighth graders being like, um, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, you know. And I remember her saying one time, and, you know, I'm only in, like, seventh, eighth grade, oh, yeah, Bob Dylan couldn't sing his way out of a paper bag, but, you know, revolutionary. Like, this woman, I swear, just got high every day before class and just, like, went on a diatribe in front of these <laughs> children. Like, you, know, you like could her. do that then as a like teacher, yeah. you know? Now, they, Hope, now they've got all us the on lockdown. All, all the bobs. <laughs> now they watch us, you know? They make sure we're actually teaching, whereas before you could just, like, blah, 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 blah in front of a bunch of kids. Boo. But... <laughs> <laughs> but um, fall asleep, smoke a cigarette, whatever. <laughs> I remember hearing that and being like, "What is she talking about?" Like my dad listens to that guy, but I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but I, you know, obviously now it makes a ton of sense. No, he wasn't a singer, but he was also a great singer in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, in in his way. Uh, well, and that's the thing. Like I can get down with Dave Matthews, and I love Tom Waits, and I love mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. That's Neil Young for me. I just can't fuck with Neil Young's mm. voice. It drives yeah. me crazy and I thought I actually disliked Neil Young's music until I was in Duluth like three years ago I was out with my good friend Steven Yeskar Uh, if you're listening I love you and uh, we went and saw the Black Eyed Snakes with Charlie Parr sitting in and they did um, Harvest Moon front to back and it was one of the best concerts that I had seen in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it literally is. I just hate his voice oh, so much voice. that I can't hear the rest of the music. It just makes me so viscerally angry that I don't listen to the song. So once, once I kind of framed it like that, then I was like, oh, yeah, if Dave Matthews is the same thing to you, then ugh, get it out of here. Also, for the record, I'm not putting Dave Matthews and Bob Dylan in the same category because Dave Matthews could never play another song again, <laughs> and I would be thrilled. Bob Dylan could be 107, and I'll buy that album. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just play, a disclaimer. There. I'm going to play Dave Matthews' <laughs> no, cover so of All it. Along the Watchtower. On the oh, my God. Home. I will kill you. What about, what about the two of you? Hmm, this is a fun topic for us. Because, yeah, you have a little we've, bit more disparate We've tastes. had some legit fights, like, back in the day. We've learned to, you know... We, it's not that we don't have any crossover or overlap. We definitely do. But, um, you know, I, it's, I know, and it's okay, if you sometimes want me to just leave the house so you can blast your death metal. Second list, yeah. Because I, his death metal <laughs> stresses me out. Oh, yeah. I'm like... Oh, and I understand on an intellectual level when he's like, I love this music. It is relaxing to me. It's freeing. It's, it makes me feel good. And I'm like, my brain understands what you're saying. None of the rest of me does. <laughs> this sounds to me like, like auditory torture. Yeah, it's called death metal. <laughs> and that's not to say, like, <laughs> yes, very talented, very, very technically skilled people are playing this music, and I respect it in that regard. But... Yeah, I'm so I'm sorry that yeah, you no, live no, with someone who doesn't want to put death metal on at 9 in the morning on a Saturday and clean. That's, yeah, that's, well, hey, AirPod Pros, that's what, that's yes. what those are made for. That's like the best <laughs> thing about those existing. But we have this fucking super sweet Sano sound system, so yes, sometimes it Thanks is cool. Thanks to you. Thank you. 
But the thing is, it, if if she doesn't leave, which right now it, we never nobody we, ever know, goes both, anywhere. We no. both don't leave that much. We're trapped. Yeah, it's a hotel I, California I situation. You can check out, but you'll never leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, but that's far end of the spectrum, right? We had to find out the music we loved in common just over years of. Uh, being around one another, yes. not necessarily living together, because we've lived together now half of our relationship. Before yes. we talk about the middle ground, mm-hmm. can I, because I don't want to forget, Stuff talk about my extreme spectrum and how you <laughs> call it, how you, how you love you? to call it Cialis music? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hearkening back to Bob Hope and Bing Crosby <laughs> and uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello and, you know, whatever, Laurel and Hardy. Whatever you might find on a Wednesday afternoon on Turner Classic Movies if you're flipping through the channel. <laughs> That's the kind of music I love, too. I mean, I love other stuff, but I really have a soft spot for... He, he, I'm, I'll say it. He's not wrong when he calls it Cialis music. It just hurts my feelings a little bit, but it's, um, <laughs> it's boomer tunes. Boomer tunes. Please tell me that tunes also has two O's. It has to be boomer tunes. Boomer tunes. Who doesn't love some good boomer tunes? Oh, my God. You guys, this is my calling. I'm going to quit teaching. I'm done. I'm starting boomer tunes. Tune in. Tune in to boomer tunes. We've got a Rosemary Clooney marathon going on next hour. Oh, she's great. Yeah. She is great. She's real good. Oh, her grandson is so handsome, you know? Such a fine boy. Do you know who her grandson is? Obviously. Come George on. Clooney. Duh. Come on. We're both in love with him. It's right. fine. Yeah. Um, You're but, talking about you and me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's not in love with I thought you, you were looking at her. I'm like, well, I just want to make sure I'm included in this. four of us are, because if someone's not, let's talk about that, because they're probably a serial killer. Charles, are you not in love with George Clooney? Are you a serial oh, of course, killer? Of course I love him. He's part Lebanese, probably. Is Probably. he? Go with it. Just go with it. We just Lebanese people say that about every We're cousins. Celebrity. That's true. That's true. It was really fun. Yeah, Side note. Probably partly, hold on. I'm Googling it. I bet it you was, he's part Lebanese. Watch. It was really fun Watch. to be in Lebanon and have his family be like, I think it was Salma Hayek. They're like, did you know Salma Hayek was here? Did you know she's half Lebanese? Did you know that? And I... A, did not know that she was in Lebanon at the same time we were. And no, I had not known that she oh. was also Lebanese, half Lebanese. Yeah, so. Learned fun fact. Fun fact. Thank you. But yeah, so he's got his death metal. I've got my Boomer Tunes slash Cialis music. Yes, I'm so excited what the middle ground is going from Boomer Tunes to death metal. (laughs) I am so excited. Here's the difference between the two of us. I listen to the fucking Boomer Tunes all the time (laughs) and don't complain except for the occasional quip about how it's Cialis music. (laughs) I can't play my death metals. Clooney is not Lebanese, but he did donate $300,000 to Lebanese relief charities in so he 2020. Is. So he's, he's uh, I'm, re- I'm now awarding him. I'm surring him. <laughs> honorary Lebanese. <laughs> honorary. According to Charles yeah. Lebanese. Yeah, his, his, oh, isn't he? Amal? Amal? That's why. Okay. There you go. She, so he is, is part Lebanese. They jumped him in. Is she but, Lebanese? I don't know what that means the way I said it. But. They all rolled up in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> they all took the same lunch. Is that, is that how it works? <laughs> they, uh, I don't know. I have That's how we do it in Norway. We, yeah, see? You have to yeah. be tall, and then we jump you in. If you're short, you just don't get to be a part of the club. Hold on. Is Amal Lebanese? I don't know. You can look that up while I... I don't know if that's... You can look that up while I... You talk about our... might not be factual. We'll check it. Eh. So, we... Yeah, over 
over all the years that we were together, we were able to determine the things that we enjoy in common, and that constituted all of the music that we played at our wedding. Mm-hmm. What's going on? She is. There She's it Lebanese. is. Boom. There it is. Lebanese-born British barista. That was the uh, the the Lebanese sixth sense, oh. I guess. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so Marnie and I had to discover that, you know, there were a lot of things that we enjoyed in common. Originally, like, the first thing we discovered that we liked in common was Weezer. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I love Weezer. You, oh, cool. You love Weezer, too? Uh, actually, I when I got A her, former her metal player, band. <laughs> Weezer? Weezer. What, what? What? Yeah, that's that was their start. Uh, one of my know. favorite. I don't believe you. Uh, my uh, so Fact check. You know, you know, one of my two favorite singer songwriters of all time, Billy McCarthy. The other one is a a, a, a silver fox named Butch Walker, Whoa. that my wife will fight me over. One hundred percent, I will. And um, he uh, he wrote a book a couple of years ago called Drinking with Strangers. Okay. Because his first band was a hair metal band in L.A. right before grunge hit. So they, uh, their album, they were called Self Gang. They weirdly got famous in China, like it exploded. And as part of like their westernization, they went on tour in China while grunge exploded. And then they came home and basically their careers were gone. And he ended up sticking around in L.A. and he produced a bunch of stuff. And then he, he's had three different careers as a singer-songwriter. But one of his first friends living in the scene was Rivers Cuomo. And they had the predecessor to Weezer was a power metal band that uh, he would, Rivers would skate around um, Sunset Boulevard in a, a glittery thong bikini and angel wings on roller skates, and he would give out free tickets to the shows, and he figured out that if he taped a stick of gum to it, girls wouldn't throw it away because oh, they wanted the gum. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, like three, four weeks later, they were selling out the Whiskey A Go-Go, and they were going to be like the next big metal band, and then grunge completely wiped that out are there any recordings of you know i i had prior... at one point uh, a a concert i might still have that on a hard drive i will try and find it and i'll send you some stuff i bet i mean I, I could try to look it up as well one of my favorite examples of that a band that used to be a different thing but became famous for another thing is pantera yeah pantera was Whoa. a glam band a lot of really? a lot of hairspray a lot of Pantera. Yep. it doesn't really actually sound like a metal band if you think about it we know Pantera as what they are, so we accept that they're a metal band. Yeah. But they were a glam band yeah. because that was what was huge. And their the original, their original logo looked a whole lot more like Jackal with a Y. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad. There That's was like crazy. Phil Anselmo had like butt length hair and like blue eyeshadow streaked to his sideburns. Love it. All yes. like zebra lycra. Yeah, yeah. no, Love that's it. that's wild to think about. Even for Phil Anselmo with his, he's he's Bobby grown up. Yes. <laughs> Do you think from that Bobby's outfit up? was also a precursor yeah, for Terry from Reno Nine Absolutely, yes. That's what it reminded me. Yes. Of. Sorry, Jenny. What did, what, <laughs> was what was that? that? The outfit. The, the glittery shorts and the... Yeah, Rivers Cuomo was basically Terry from yeah, Reno like, 911. Yeah, that sounds like a pre He was Nick Swartzer. Oh, yeah. That was, was like, literally the outfit. someone oh, got it. one of those tickets or and was like, like I'm going to remember guy. this outfit. Mm-hmm. Little mustache, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't name drop a whole lot, but there's a, a whole chunk about that. And then at the very end of it, there's a chunk about him meeting Katy Perry for the first time and like where she talked about wanting to go versus like where her stardom led. Mm-hmm. And he's like... I walked away from that meeting. We weren't going to work together at that time. Uh, but I walked away from that meeting saying, basically saying to myself that that's a human that will make herself famous no matter what. Mm-hmm. And whether that's good or bad, you could decide. Yeah, but, right. And ever since I read that book, every time I see her, that's what I think of. This was somebody that just said, fame, I don't care what it takes. Fame I will at be all costs. famous. Hmm. 
So anyway, going I, back to Weezer, yeah. sorry I cut you off. I also no, want to no, say, when you said Weezer, my first mm-hmm. response that I really wanted to say was, say it ain't so. <laughs> but I kept it to myself, but it doesn't matter because I you just told said it. you. It's so not funny now. It would have been funny it. 10 minutes this ago. This is... Welcome to his life. We're like, do you remember four hours ago? This is what I want. This I is what I said. I was going to say something funny and mean. And I just didn't feel like it was but right. I kept it to myself because I'm a good so Midwestern girl and I shut Jenny, it down. But Jenny, no, that's, more, that's more relatable than if you were super quippy in the moment. Way more relatable. Thank you. I appreciate you. No, thank you. Yeah. So I'll be thinking about what I would have said right now, later tonight in the yes, shower. Yes, text me about it. I would. Oh, I could have got him. <laughs> I'm um, just going to read some of the bands that were on our wedding playlist because we, uh-huh. we have it was a great playlist. The party times or the cocktail now. times? Because not going to lie, the cocktail party, party no, it's, it's w- cool, that though. was the Boomer Tunes. Boomer, Boomer Tunes. Tunes. <laughs> but yeah, we got Childish Gambino, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Charles Bradley, uh, Leon Bridges, Al Green, Sam Cooke, The Darkness, Aria Speedwagon, mm-hmm. Prince. Things that are like the jams, Weezer, rock Pixies. and roll, and soulful. Yeah, that's Marvin uh, Gaye. That's kind of a sweet spot for us. Yeah, yeah that's usually some hip hop. That's, that's yeah. our that's our intersection usually. Yeah, I listen to I listen to a lot more hip hop and and metal and and heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we both love reggae. I'm more into reggae, but I think that's something we can both listen to mm-hmm. that we jive Absolutely. with. Absolutely, I think I we think like yacht rock. We discovered we both like just yeah. really love I yacht mean, rock. It's so it? fun to listen to. Are you yeah. a Wall Street douchebag from the 1980s and a pair of Sperry's? Let's then do we've it. got your playlist. That's Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Yep. Basically. Pretty much. I do have a yacht rock. Do you have Do you have uh, <laughs> Do you have Questlove's yacht rock playlist saved? No. Look up "In Defense of On Yacht Spotify. Rock" by okay. Questlove. Oh, it is okay. the most definitive. That sounds. He is intriguing. passionate about. There's a Spotify playlist called we don't Yacht have Rock, one. but yeah. I don't think Questlove like that curated that, no. that list. It's literally called "In Defense of Yacht Rock." Of and it's one of the best it, it is the it. best compilation of that shit ever because even what we consider yacht rock and what gets put on those playlists a lot is the whitewashed version of that it's uh-huh. and yeah. and what what Questlove's defense is is yacht rock has roots in the softer side Absolutely. of R&B like funk, and funk, funk. Yep. Yeah. you yep. have to send that to me because the only thing that came up was in defense of yacht rock and dentist office pop <laughs> <laughs> By Kara Farrington. I will, I, as soon as we're done with this episode, I will send that to you. But yeah, you know, that, that so fits. That's a crack, that sounds like a cracked tooth it, to me. Quick salute to Kara Farrington, though. <laughs> Dentist office pop. Does oh, she yeah. have look into it and get back to us I would that. like to see a collection of framed dentist office prints to go along mm. with that. I feel like no matter what, a de- dentist office pop has to have at least like five Christopher Cross songs on it. <laughs> And two of them are just sailing repeated. Hey, if yeah. I didn't just pull the window down, I could tell you what was on that. <laughs> uh, well, that's 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 the end of our run. Uh, I this was awesome. Um, so much fun. Thank you to both of you, incredible women, for agreeing to be on on our amazingly dumb you. hobby. We love you too. Uh, thank and you. I I hope to everybody out there listening uh, that some of this rings true. I love when I get to listen to other couples just being real and being other couples. So hopefully that's all out there. Um, 
give us a, a subscribe, a like, a review. Uh, we've had a, we've been fortunate the last few weeks. We've had a lot of people that have stepped up and, and done it. But nice. if you want to uh, if you want a positive review review bomb us, that would be wonderful and greatly accepted. Yeah. I think you're don't be a say, tick peg. Smash that like. You button. smash that like <laughs> button, bro. <laughs> subscribe. Shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, in in I guess in in light of the fact that it's Valentine's Day coming up here, yes. uh, and it's been a pretty rough last say eleven months. Uh, the fact that we can still sit in a giant room and talk about love and talk about marriage and talk about the fact that we still can dig each other and laugh at each other after being trapped inside the same small mm-hmm. houses mm-hmm. for this amount of time. Uh, it's a testament that if you love the other person and they love you, you can get through whatever it takes. So, uh, babe, I love you immensely. And uh, I love both of you. It's fantastic to get to sit across from you, Charles, uh, every week and do the show. And Marnie, I just think the world of you. You're amazing. Oh, so that's for me. Uh, I don't know. Hooray Look us up love. on socials. Blah, 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 it's our turn to tell Ben how much we love him. <laughs> no, Ben's... No, I'm Whatever. joking. But, uh, no, we love you guys. It's, I, like I said, when we first got here, we were on the car. In, we were in the car. On the car. That's, in the car, on the way here. Below us. Yeah, no, we were not on top of the car. We were in the car on the way here, and I was like, oh, Charles, I get to go socialize. <laughs> this is exciting. And just seeing you, Jenny, and Ben, I guess you don't seem as far away because I hear your voice on the podcast when I listen, <laughs> so, but it's such a delight to see both of you and, you know, have a little boxed wine with you, Jenny, and Ooh, girl. Yes. yeah, we love you guys too. Yeah, and this is the, you know, this is the lover's edition. I hope that uh, people, <laughs> yeah, I hope that people who are with, who are similarly trapped in the same household with their significant other maybe took the time to pause after each question answer it for themselves mm-hmm. we sort of designed the questions to be answerable by everybody in this particular instance it's mostly by other couples you know it's the lover's edition but uh yeah this this was a lot of fun i'm i'm happy you were all able to join us Maybe and uh hey. happy valentine's day um Ba- happy Valentine's Day. Happy Day. Valentine's Day, baby. Also, my fellow TickBag people find me. <laughs> so I, know, tick I know you're out tick there. Bag. Ah, tick bag. Holy shit, someone's about to steal. Oh, yep. man. And, uh, and, and you know what? If you're, if you're out there and you're single, uh, I know that this last year has been really rough. But uh, yes. I, I hope you, you feel love from those around you. And uh, even if you are in a relationship, text one of your friends and just say, hey, I love you. Uh, we all need to say it to each other, and especially in times like this, we all need to remind each other that there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of love out there. It's a good time to holler at your single friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, Check hey, on everybody. What's up? I love yeah. you. Shout out to our friend Drew, Slumber Party pal. Shout out to Slumber Party Drew, <laughs> and uh, to everybody else. Take care out there. Stay safe and stay warm. Woo! Oh, fuck. Thank you so much. That's what I needed. <laughs>